This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the the very special podcast that you love so much, The Disaster Girls. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Gershiola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And, you know, I'm going to say we're here with our third co-host. I'm going to say we're here <laughs> with yes. our third Disaster Girls co-host who Finally. who made an emergency request <laughs> to record this episode. So, co-host, mm-hmm. tell the people what you what you simply had to discuss on the Disaster Girls podcast. Uh, yes, I, I just had this burning desire to discuss the Paramount Pictures 1951 classic sci-fi classic when worlds collide i love that somebody actually like at least twice we hear when worlds collide in this movie we get (laughs) to hear someone say it it's really it's a satisfying phrase to hear (laughs) someone put out there it doesn't happen often in movies actually you don't i'm friends with pen gillette and he used to have a group that would go to see movies in times square the old times square Mm -hmm. and the part of their thing was whenever uh the somebody in the movie said the title of the movie they all had to cheer really loud so uh so they would have cheered twice during this. Yeah, it's always satisfying. It always it's mm-hmm. it's very not not to get too too memey, but the the Leo pointing at the screen meme that is one of the few times I'm like that does apply. You get just so excited. There's a thrill whenever <laughs> someone says the title of a movie in the movie. And I'm gonna go on record and say it's your worst meme, Internet. It's I know, I know meme. you hate that. I know <laughs> you hate fucking that meme, meme so much. It's the absolute bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I cannot believe you latched onto that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrible stuff. Terrible yeah, no, stuff. it's it's not as as someone who's been doing a a, a meme compendium since 2018. I, it is that's one of the ones I've skipped because you it's know a what? Thankless just task, Amanda. Yeah. It's big work, but it's a thankless well, task. You know what, someone Jordan? Are you turn... saying are you saying that the internet uh, does bad things? Sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying sometimes Sorry, man, they swing and miss. Okay. <laughs> sometimes they swing and miss, and that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, and that was a real we're at a de- we're a desperate low point sort of moment in 2021 yeah. ish. I feel like mm-hmm. for us, like we're like woof. George Carlin also uh, flagged the other great moment when you're watching movies when they say a date and it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I've you want to go everybody else around like, hey, pleasure. it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I so. wow, yeah, that's I've never I've never had the honor of that. I look forward wow. to that catching lightning in that bottle. Well, let me know your birthday. June 19th. <laughs> oh Keep your ears yeah, open for June 19th. The next movie. Excellent. It's yes! <laughs> I'll be on a gravestone somewhere. Um, it's going to be Blake Lively's re- As long as it's Blake Lively from, looking yeah. fabulous next <laughs> yeah, to my it's, gravestone. It's her pin number. Exactly. It's what oh, would have killed go. me. It's what would have killed me. Um... What I really, a thing that I, I I found by the end of it, I was like, let's keep track and see if this stays true the entire time. What I really liked about When Worlds Collide is that for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, it's kind of just like everyone trying to do the right thing the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. There's mm. like shitty millionaire guy um, who wants <laughs> in a to wheelchair. His, yeah, in a wheelchair who wants to buy his way to to space freedom. Um, mm. But for the most part, it's kind of just like until 
those very desperate final minutes, <laughs> everyone's just like, it's a spirit of generosity. Everyone right. wants to, has a can do, can do attitude. Mm -hmm. They're like self-sacrificing at points. One guy, like our, essentially our protagonist, uh, 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 the guy tasked initially, just the himbo tasked, right. <laughs> like taking this devastating astronomical information to a group of scientists to be like, this man has calculated that a planet and a sun are going to collide with Earth and we're all going to die. Mm. He just like gets to take this case with him, chain to his wrist and go meet these scientists. He has no idea what he's carrying. He learns. We learn. And what I I this guy who you're kind of like, we meet him as a womanizer. He's in the tiniest <laughs> little plane cockpit yeah. making out with a woman i don't think we ever see again <laughs> never just, no, he, he drops, her, he with drops him. her off just like he depot he gives her a parachute pushes her out the window it's totally fine <laughs> that had to be it but then even like he gets to a point where like he's it's a love triangle it's him and this doctor and the scientist woman yeah who mm -hmm. is the daughter of the main scientist who's discovered the catastrophe basically um or confirmed the catastrophe he he's like i'm giving up my seat like i have a guaranteed seat because this girl's dad is like my daughter would be really happy if you went and right. you're kind of yeah, I'm not expecting that from that guy. Like, I'm not expecting him to like kill someone. But mm. when he's like, I have no special skills. And it's like, actually, you are the person who's gonna fly this. So I don't know why you think you don't have special skills. <laughs> exactly. But, like, Go take someone who doesn't know how to fly. I'm yeah, fine. like he's kind of the only one other guy, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but I like that he just really it's it's not like some display. Yeah. of valor he's just really uncomfortable with the fact that he gets a ticket to salvation right. when anybody else deserves to go just as much as him and i was like this is and that was really what cemented it for me like this movie has a <laughs> largely very optimistic view of people and not in yeah. a showy way just in a really kind of sweet way and i like well, that it walks that line it's very funny because the morality of this movie changes constantly constantly because um, yeah. there's a very jolly tone to it all and it literally yes. has the highest kill count of any movie i think ever made it's, it's um, convivial yes. this movie is convivial right because there's all lots of joking around and stuff you know there, there's parts of it that just absolutely kill me my favorite thing is they find the kid right so you know they're trying oh, to save yeah. the world and all this stuff they find a kid they bring him on oh we got to bring tommy okay of course bring tommy then tommy finds a dog and it's like can i bring him and it's like well i guess we can get rid of two fat chickens <laughs> it's like yeah because a dog doesn't weigh the same as a baby right <laughs> <laughs> like sure bring bring the dog we're okay and yeah. then when they when the the ship is going do you notice there's two empty seats <laughs> so. there are two empty seats exactly. for for the incredible because like it's i mean i want to go to the end here guys but like i know i jumped it's <laughs> no it's because like our 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 wheelchair bound millionaire Right. And you know, there are millionaires in 1951. Nobody's talking about billionaires. Right. They're millionaires. This guy is like, he, he waltzes in to the science guy's office near the start of the movie. And he's like, I will pay to complete your project, your arc, if mm -hmm. I get to pick every person who comes with us. Mm -hmm. And I love, the, I love the scientist who's like, you have no <laughs> bargaining power. No. It's yeah. your money for your life. No. And he's like, mm -hmm bullshit we you pick half i pick half and he's like no <laughs> we're still not bargaining here no yeah. we're not bargaining and so eventually like if and so like this guy's a, a pill the entire movie and he's the one who's the pessimist he's like hey this is gonna become state of nature because the thing is the planet is gonna pass by 
Earth first. Yeah, we have a really. Can we? Yeah, I know. Take a yeah. quick yeah. break Plane. to set up. So here, here. Well, that's I did, right. I'm I did sorry. set up I got that too like excited. cataclysmic information <laughs> is been yeah. relayed to yeah. scientists. There's going to be a world-ending event. Planet and Sun are going to collide into our right. Earth. Yeah. Well, I if have, I can I jump have... to the, I'll jump to the very beginning. We start in the Bible. <laughs> yes, you're so right. I first really, of all, we had, that is important to really did not think yeah. I start with the right Bible. Movie. Didn't see that coming. But first of all, it starts out with like the greatest titles of all time: fire, you know, and this smoke mm-hmm. blowing in, and these cool t- when worlds collide. And you're yeah. like, oh my god, this is so like fun '50s Technicolor. Yeah. You know, the yeah. colors really vibrant and all that. And then we go to the Bible where they talk about the end of the world mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. somehow give it that context. I like that they created it as like that they set it up as a parable. I mean, this is back when, you know, doing this sort of a movie, you had to give it you. I appreciate that they at least gave it sort of the grounding of like, we're going to tell you a story that is important to humanity today as Mm -hmm. the Bible is. Yeah. But yeah. And the basic just the only reason I said it's like that is just because there are two cataclysmic events, which. Yeah, it's important. I just want to call out that like what were their racing against time for is that Mm. first there is a planet and a sun barreling toward Earth possibly sent by God is kind of the implication from the yeah. opening credit sequence. Mm-hmm. And nobody yeah. says that, but we are, we do begin with Bible verses. Yeah. So yeah. Pick yeah. your, pick your poison. Everybody. You already know where you are. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's like, this is unprecedented because yeah, you don't normally see suns and planets just barreling directly toward earth. Like someone threw a fast. <laughs> I am concerned us. about the habitability <laughs> of second earth when it is constantly in motion jettisoning jettisoning through the universe yeah yeah we'll have right. to jump to that later because yeah, there's, the there's a lot to be said about the new world yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the the planet is gonna pass by us but close enough to essentially just rip us apart like it's yeah. gonna be a moonfall situation mm-hmm. there's gonna be there's waves the oceans as they say like ripped from their floors it's gonna be mm-hmm. real bad yeah um yeah. and then though 19 days later a, a, a sun is just going to fully absorb Earth. It's just going to yeah. run straight into us. It's oblivion. So, mm. like, it's really the the first one is just like destruction for fun's sake, right. and then the second <laughs> one is the is the big finale. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. And this, yeah. So yeah. And so, because so it's, it's 1950 and we haven't gone to the fucking moon yet, like this is all brand new technology. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, you can't do this. And I love when they're like, the Ark will carry 40 to 50 people. And like my escape the Earth brain, it's like, all right, we're taking a million people in seven like country sized ships. Right. And this is like, it's 1951 mm-hmm. is one rocket ship. It is up. It is a small passenger yeah. plane. Yeah. This yeah. is not Roland Emmerich. Although I, no. I swear to God, this had to have been Roland Emmerich's favorite movie when he was a kid. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This so watching, I was like the first half of it. I'm like, this is 2012. And the second half I was going, Oh, this is don't look up, but better. And it it really is. It is truly like that was part of what was fun about getting to watch these was seeing the real blueprints of like, this is the Mm -hmm. this is the proto of, you know, of everything. This is the the disaster. I I would dare say this is probably the first disaster movie. I I cannot confirm that. But just with my my semi vast old sci fi knowledge, I don't remember (laughs) any movie doing this before this. Yeah, I think on the scale, the first like world ender one, you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think with wow. all this sci-fi and everything, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Because you know, this was a movie when I was a kid. You know, we I was so into sci-fi, and we'd always get like uh, Starlog magazine, and all that stuff, and all these effects magazines, and they would always have 
images from this movie in it, but I never saw this movie because for some reason it just didn't show up on TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was obsessed with, they always showed the shot of New York getting hit with these tidal waves, like yep. going down the mm-hmm. street. And then that rocket ship, which is still one of the coolest models ever yeah. in, a, in a movie, just considering the time it was. And all it that. is so, really cool to watch this and see everything be miniature and model based when, when mm-hmm. things start falling apart. That Because yeah. we get a great, um, what's the one, Amanda, with, is it just Avalanche? When, the one? Avalanche, with, yeah. With the that... extended Avalanche sequence? Mm-hmm. That, like, the like the, the cascading detail shot of the Avalanche overwhelming everything in that, yeah. it's like that in this, but it's every disaster and across the world. You get a little, you get volcanoes going up. You get water <laughs> through the streets. You get snow crashing down. You get there everything. Wildfires. The, the extended sequence <laughs> of the water just plowing through a canyon and knocking thing and then just taking the house with it and yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, had, it felt a lot like earthquake at that moment i have to say yes. <laughs> there's always yes. one house kind of on stilts that, that <laughs> yeah, <takes it. laughs> yeah the one the one house representative case. of all houses yeah you go the one as goes one as goes everybody yeah as goes the world <laughs> right? so goes yeah. as goes that house so goes the world because <laughs> they kind of sucker you and you think oh it's, they're not going to show anything because you're in that room and they go they're staring at the clock you know mm-hmm. it's like tick tock to one o'clock because it's like right at one the planet's going to go by and everything you know all hell's going to break loose yeah and then it goes it goes past it by like 15 seconds and of course the rich guy's all mad i love that that rich guy's throwing a fit when it has not even like he's like you're a fraud this is a fake nothing's gonna happen and i was like at least wait till 105 like the clock it is we are within between the one and the 101 p.m <laughs> Right. measure and you're like wow all your calculations were fucking off <laughs> yeah. and nobody could see that planet in the sky hurling towards us that is extremely true you know what this movie also is this is melancholia this yeah. is just this lars von trier just <laughs> took when worlds collide and made it very sad <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, God bless when worlds call. At least they kept it upbeat. <laughs> yeah, like it was just like you know, dep- depression is the spirit of melancholia. Cooperation is going to be the spirit of when worlds collide. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're, they're, it, it's yeah. very funny. They have to work kind of hard to make the rich guy a bad guy at certain points because. Yeah. His whole thing about, you know, everybody's going to go crazy. I kind of go like, look, I'm an optimist and I love humankind. I kind of go like, I do think that probably is going to happen yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. to some extent. But yeah. then they so then they have to put in this montage to make him sound like a shithead where like uh, good deeds are sweeping the earth. People are helping <laughs> yeah. other people. <laughs> you know? What are the good deeds, really? <laughs> Come stay at my house when we get wiped out. Yeah. The newspaper headlines yeah. that are like acts of heroism left and right like radio (laughs) broadcasters being like transportation workers are volunteering to stay in their jobs because they're having to evacuate all of the exterior cities to get everybody inland because the tidal waves are about to wipe out like every coast and so it's like transit workers are giving up their lives to stay and get people out of here like it is letting you know that Mm. through through the spirit of collaboration we might not make it through this because the a, a star is going to hit us. But right. like, why make it worse than it needs to be along mm-hmm. the way? 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's almost like they're proving his point for the first thing, like yeah. avoiding disaster. That's fine. But then then he is kind of <laughs> yeah, there's literally an uprising in the, yeah. you know, and, he, and then he's proven right. But then everybody hates him anyway. So yeah. I I love that moment because we like the the guy who's been adversarial with him the entire movie, the one who's been in charge of the project, he who was like it's your money for your life. You don't get to pick people who get to go, get to go on the ship. They're like, they're at the, they're at the gangplank. They're like yeah. about yeah. ready. He's like pushing this guy's wheelchair and they're close to the ship. And we are like, like the, the, the star is coming. The, the rocket yeah. ship needs to get the hell right. out of here. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a last second decision. A mutiny is happening on the base where they're building the rocket ship. And suddenly a bunch of men are like, we need to kill our way on board. <laughs> it's right. And like, Guns. <laughs> for no reason other than spite, he yeah. just like is like I'm taking you with me. Like yeah. he gets the he wheels the guy the bad guy away from the plank and like unlocks like something keeping the ship in place and mm. then basically just like st- and he's like that like that ship's not for us. Like the next world is for the young. For the young, and exactly. It is a beautiful moment mm. of that mm-hmm. guy desperately clinging to like all of his money that doesn't mean anything anymore <laughs> that went into buying that ship yeah. and he's just got to sit on the ground and watch the little model jettison up off the mountain. Yep. And and, and he has his Amazing. great uh Doctor Strange love moment. Too. I was going to say it was very strange love. <laughs> he gets out of the chair. Gets, I can walk. <laughs> gets out of the chair, starts like like he's going to run up that yeah. that roller coaster and get on that rocket ship. Yeah. It is it, yeah. And I I liked that, like, when we have the guys being like, we, you know, it's not fair. A lottery shouldn't determine our fates. And then you get, like, the one guy who's like, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to kill people to get on board. Only 40 of you can go. And then you're going to kill each other, too. Like, I was like, I "I love this Bill Pullman moment. It was, I love this disaster monologue moment. Well, the other thing that was really cool about it, like, that I liked about the fact that they did, because you're right, this whole movie, for the most part, everyone is, it's all about heroism and everyone coming together. And the only reason this uprising even happens is specifically because the millionaire has previously brought guns in. Yes. He has brought the rifles in and he basically, he gives a really good monologue, like, if you were an actor, man, steal that monologue for auditions because it's haunting <laughs> at certain moments. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you'll use those guns and you will kill to survive. It's really good. But he <laughs> um, he brings the guns in and then they end up leaving the guns behind. So this uprising would not have happened in the same way if the millionaire had had the faith in humanity yeah. that right everybody else that the scientist had had because so there is kind no, of a self-fulfilling yeah because mm-hmm. he's like as soon as the first disaster happens people are going to storm our gates and they're going to that doesn't right. happen it doesn't happen yeah. they don't until have the to very fend end. off the hordes with the yeah. guns they threaten <laughs> they start to threaten one another with the boxes of guns right. right and it's only because in the first place the guns are even there i mean the lottery system was they're very <laughs> it's for a movie that that is made in 1951 has pretty consistent logic throughout. Like that was mm-hmm. one of those things where I was like, there wasn't a moment when he doesn't, the scientist doesn't negotiate with the millionaire. The scientist yeah. full on says, no, yeah. you have no leverage here, which I'll be honest. I was, that is not a choice that a lot of like that. I, I think that we I was surprised. I kept yeah. waiting for him to find his price and he didn't have one. No. Yeah. And so there's, you know, that was one of those things where it was like, I mean, again, to show the counter side to that and don't look up the whole thing with the with the escape ship is that they have selected and it's mostly because the, you know, Bezos analogy like 
what I don't know what word I want to say, but the, character. Yes, analogous character. Thank you. The word started, and then all of a sudden, it just was like little chickens appeared in my head, and I was like, "This was not what I wanted." Uh, but yeah, the Bezos kind of an analogous character. He's got his agenda, and the president has hers, and all that. In this, we don't get any of that. They really are just like, "Nope, we're going to pack this ship." with the people who can help us establish a new world. And then it ends up just being by straight up lottery luck. <laughs> and that's one of the very few moments in this movie where it didn't adhere to its own love, where I was like, oh, wait, I thought we were picking people based on skill. Oh, we're just going straight. We're going yeah. straight up through just coincidence. And also somehow this other, there's this subplot. Well, see, what I, what I saw, subplot. What I saw yeah. in that was they had, because there's that little, like right when they're, they get the team, when they're mm-hmm. getting the team together to build the ship, they have like, the guy talking to the men and then you have the lady do- lady scientist talking to the women and they're like, you've been chosen because you're the best of the best. So it was right. essentially a right. pre-vetted community of people from yes. which they drew And yet they must have been people who were great at everything. And yeah. Each person was great at everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because Real renaissance men and women. If you're able to, you know, put together a rocket ship, you might also not really be good at being a farmer is my only concern. Like there's just (laughs) a lot of skill sets required. And I feel like we maybe needed to assort slightly better. But also, you know, that's a that's a future world problem. Yeah, exactly. But people do seem very overwhelmingly cool with their demise in this movie. They really do. Yeah. No one in, really in a way has that, a panic about the end of the world. No, and I, I find myself, my stomach going into a knot. It's like when I watch <laughs> yeah. Squid Games, you know, and I'm just like, you know, you're going to die. Like, I would just be like, I'd be that guy on Fear the Walking Dead who's like in the cell and he can't do anything, you know, because he's so terrified or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, they're very kind of cool about it until the very last minute when they have a little That's mini That's they didn't. They didn't invent existential dread until the 1970s. So, okay, yeah, no one could have been the last time you could peacefully end the world in that way. Right, right. Everyone. That's why you start with the Bible. Well, that's why they were called the Greatest Generation, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Amanda. Thank you. I love. But I do think this is like uh, this is sort of. I I just want to say, like, this is in terms of the kind of when you look at 19, because it doesn't feel like the rest of the 1950s sort of movies in a lot of ways this mm. feels very early in terms of concerns they had like of what yeah. this is a metaphor for and all of that it feels very early in that and i think that once you get into the later more deeper into the cold war yeah you start to get that a sense of that dread versus here i feel like you're getting a little bit of that optimism still of coming out of the war of, of it. yeah and we'll get into that then what is this really about but i do think that like that's the optimism they all had is really yeah, no, there is a World War II uh, mentality about this, which is, um, you know, very refreshing and, and a good thing to have, uh, you know, a, a record of, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what did you love, Jordan? I'm sorry for. Oh, you j- just there were two. Well, one, just the gag of like they immediately cash in like because this guy Himbo, he's going to get this case <laughs> and everybody's being kind of weird about it around him. He doesn't really know what to wake of it, but he's like hmm, odd. But he like it, he goes to drop this, this case off and he's like, uh, I was promised fifteen hundred dollars. And <laughs> like he's told by the guy who gives him the case, he's like, well, there will be a time when like money won't mean anything to you. And he's like, oh, when I'm dead. And the guy <laughs> looks at him just like and keeps smoking his cigar and he's like oh that's a weird pause so like okay something very bad is gonna happen but he's just like ready to go collect fifteen hundred dollars and then when he finds out he goes to like a nice swanky like 
dance bar club afterwards and he is trying to light a cigarette under like the the hot plate burner at somebody's table and he just realizes that that threshold he was told he would cross with money well that today is the day and he just pulls bills out of his wallet and just starts lighting them to use them to light a cigarette perfect visual yeah and then i love you know talking about this like paul you're saying like this like this is like foundational disaster cinema we get that means we're seeing one of the first person presents to international body of important people yeah. to yeah. make the case for science of disaster. And yes. everybody goes, and shouts <laughs> yeah. him down. And the, I was the, like, wow. The mini UN. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the mini t- UN. Tiny UN. <laughs> we get it. We're getting a very important uh, piece of disaster iconography in this movie of the, the <sighs> shouting voices of international importance. Because yeah, they, totally. uh, you know, he didn't have the forethought to set a peach on fire. <laughs> to really drive the point home. Well, so. it was very early, so they didn't know to do demos yet. I'm actually glad you brought that up, Jordan, because specifically, this is called out in the Wikipedia. Emory University physics professor Sidney Perkowitz notes that When Worlds Collide is the first in a long list of films where science wielded by a heroic scientist <laughs> confronts a catastrophe. Wow. So this is actually, yeah, in terms really? of when you say foundational, it really is. This is the, the blueprint for all the great peach on fire moments we get in the future. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. And yet he still gets shit on by all the other people. Like, <laughs> oh, you're crazy. And what's with the one guy? He's like, our, all our scientists say that this is wrong. It's, yeah, it's like, okay, you didn't well... read it. You did. I know you didn't read it. You didn't fucking read it. Like, <laughs> BS, man. Like, But we never quite that... get, you never quite get the moment of seeing them have to eat shit. You know, it's it's right. a little more, you, I think you kind of hear it in like a, a, an announcement over the you know, newspaper or something. Everybody's, yeah. Realizes they were wrong. The millionaire is like, no, they don't think I'm crazy anymore. It's like, well, that's, that's right. He was really priority. happy about that. That's yeah, right. that's that's your real priority here. Yeah, I I like how quickly, I like how the first people we like we he does we don't seem like before Congress. I don't think specifically, but when like main yeah. scientist guy like he goes and he's like lobbying in front of the government. He comes out and he's like. I sure hope they're going to help me. And these two millionaires run up to him on either side. And they're like, you've got our money. Like, you betcha. And then we never see them again. They weren't right. even like, here's our money. Like, you think there's a way we could, like, help or, like, at least, like, put ourselves in the lottery to be on board. They're just, like, blank checks, man. We just, yeah. this is yeah. for the good of the, this is for the cause. And mm. I love that there's this, like, when the a mean rich guy He's trying to like buy every passenger on board. He's like, you're not a true humanitarian. Like the amount of times the scientist scolds the the millionaire for being like, you'll never be a humanitarian. It's like, <laughs> what was the new, what was the thing in 1951? Was mm. there like a movement to want to be a humanitarian that they looped into this script where it's like the worst thing you could tell a rich person was that mm. they were never going to be a humanitarian. Is well, that, I wonder, like, I wonder if that that's like coming out of the New Deal more? or something or, you know, it's hard to say because this is I think Eisenhower is in by this point. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, we're yeah. still in like, I mean, it's not too far removed from the robber barons who's like Car- uh, Carnegie, who's, de- you know, developed every library on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, you know. Unlike now where billionaires build themselves rocket ships, mm-hmm. there yeah. was a huge philanthropic component yeah. to these yeah. extremely corrupt rich people. Do you remember at least there was that, public service. Do you remember mm-hmm, that totally. weird New York Times article a few years ago? The, one of those classic New York Times articles about Los Angeles that's like, oh no, like what are you doing? <laughs> Which, and oh God. Th- this one was about <laughs> how like LA had 
no cultural identity. And in part because there was no foundational billionaire to do public works to give it interesting things I the whole thing was like there's no Rockefeller here yeah. there's right. no Carnegie it was like it was like shouting at LA from 1890 <laughs> being like you just don't have a billionaire to build you parks and shit <laughs> it was the weird like my my friend Laura texted me and we were like joking back and forth about it she's like yeah Venice has really gone downhill since Eli Broad retired. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> wow. Where's Richard Reardon when you need him? Right? Yeah, what an argument in the 2020s to be like, you guys just don't have enough public works billionaires, and that's why you're soulless. It's like, thank you, Times. I mean, that's more not... important Los Angeles journalism. That might be the entire premise of Chinatown to a degree. <laughs> Think yeah. about it, actually. You know what? Actually, you're right. <laughs> like, so you said, you know, LA and public works, and I was like, oh, you mean like how how billionaires Doheny just drained the entire Central Valley? And I was like, wait, no, that's actually wait, wait. Sorted history is specifically yes that Mul. Oh no, not Doheny. Mulholland drained the entire Central Valley and killed a bunch yeah. of farmers in the process. Right. Now that sounds like a billionaire to me. Yeah. There you go. That's now the guy in the wheelchair trying to buy his way out. Yeah, of the ship. there he is. That's our guy. That's Mulholland. <laughs> and I can say having uh having spent significant time with a descendant of one of the East Coast uh big families, um, yeah, they also would buy their way onto a rocket ship uh yeah. because yeah, that, well, yeah, that I mean, spirit that's ain't there anymore, let me tell you. Well, they probably wouldn't do that turnaround. I like how they when he's bargaining him down, and finally the guy has to turn away from him and go like, all right, you know, yeah. Yeah. kind of out he goes. With I with and, and there are some illustrious uh, sitcom actors in this movie, by the way. The, oh. You know, it, it, being a fan of old sitcoms, yes. uh, the, the, um, the scientist who discovers first and foremost, you know, mm-hmm. he's the first one that sees that it's coming. He was, I think he was the, uh, the, the, general on uh, i dream of genie <laughs> i believe okay oh my god take a look at that and then um rich guy's sidekick who goes nuts and tries Ferris. to kill him at the end they, yes that was mr sam drucker from green acres uh, or, oh or petticoat god. junction or one of those things yeah so it's, it's funny to see like a lovable character suddenly turn into this terrible character and he gets shot from so a guy from of, under his blanket oh my yeah, that was 51 <laughs> ensembles how is this as an ensemble disaster piece paul um, I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I think it's it's all kind of <laughs> hate to say it, sort of second rate sort okay, of people. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people are like I, I'm not doing that. You know, I don't think this was probably in the studio contract time. So just ah. like like the stars are like, I'm not going into that ridiculous thing. So you got right. a lot of these. Guys. Although I will say, I mean, just talk about like uh, inspirations taken from this movie. Do we think that that lead guy was a good? prototype for Han Solo because oh he kind of has the exact wow. same thing. That was in my, I feel so vindicated now because I was, that wow. was the first thing in my notes was did Harrison Ford base his entire persona off of this? And in fact, as a spoiler, <laughs> I just went for fantasy casting. I'm like, I'm bringing this to 1970s just so that Harrison can play this. But yes, <laughs> nice. this a hundred percent, like he, the the actor doesn't deliver all of his lines with that same growl that Harrison Ford does, but every mm. single line he has, you can hear Harrison Ford say them. Yeah, and yeah. there's that that sense it's of just so... sort of like I wasn't supposed to be here today about yes. him as mm-hmm. well. That that Han Solo kind of has just like oh fuck, like he just yeah. ended yeah. up in the middle Give of me this the catastrophe. Money. I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
But then he comes through at the end. No, it's yeah. true. It's true. But I love what a, it, it, you, you, you spoke to it earlier, Jordan, but what a Lothario he is. And, and it's it's so funny, like that opening. There's all the, the comedy in the first half is, is all yeah. that really kind of goofy, you know, because he's making out with that lady on the on the plane. And then there's a whole thing where they start to kiss and then you cut outside and it goes and like, it <laughs> yeah. banks. So I go, is that mean there's something's happening in the plane? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's his. And then on the and then on the on the, pl- on the uh, airplane, when he's got the case strapped to his uh, wrist, like the, the steward is hitting on him, yeah. you know, constantly. It was, so I love that. I was really worried that after he found out the world was ending, that they were going to keep that up. Yeah. And I was very pleased that for the most part, he became he really became a one woman guy yeah, um, exactly. for the scientist lady at that point, because I was like, if he keep because like there are multiple times when people are like trying to hand him something or trying to get him his attention, like something that's important oh, yeah. that he doesn't know is important. And he's just like staring at a woman. And I was like, if he knows the world's going to end and he still can't pay attention because he's gawking at ladies like I'm going to be I'm this guy's going to lose me. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to go on this journey with him. But fortunately, he steals someone else's fiance and yes. everything. <laughs> so then that's okay exactly who who is all for it by the way yeah, we'll get into she that has no that let's <laughs> you know just let's just get right into let's just get <laughs> right into the what is really one of the main plots of this film which is that there is a love triangle that unfolds in the last 40 days a of very Earth. polite love triangle the, yeah exactly i have i i have never seen two people more lustless for each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real GBF situation. Yeah. <laughs> when she's like, I, so, okay. So yes, lady scientist is engaged to a doctor who is just kind of like around. Yeah. Like the dad is very, even though this is top secret, the dad's like, it's fine. He's oh family now. They're about to have the meeting where everybody confirms that the world is going to end. And he's like, come on in. Like what? You're <laughs> yeah. just hanging out at the office and this doctor is going to come into the world's ending. Well, also, and the guy who just was, his only task was just to carry a brief. It, it is, we're told in the beginning, like he can't know what's inside the briefcase. And so- he doesn't know what's in the briefcase. As soon as he meets lady scientist, she's like, God, isn't it terrible what's in the briefcase? <laughs> well, there's that yeah. comedy scene in the yeah. cab of like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be, it's better to know. And she's, mm, you're, you're braver than I am. Yeah, the world is, the world is going to end. I wouldn't want to know. And it's like, well, you probably shouldn't stay in the cab. There's no safety glass. Now the taxi driver. Knows. Yeah, the, yeah, the cabbie also knows now. We're not even just, we're not even talking about just you and the guy you are, you are sure right. has the same information. Now this guy's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and our Han Solo guy, he also could have made 7,500 bucks off yes. of the guy from the newspaper. You're you know? right. Now the cab driver could sell it to him. So yeah, I guess maybe and that's him being generous. Turning down, the, he was so into that 1,500 he was going to get, he kept turning down the money. Again, the surprising moral compass mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. keep coming and i i love the quaint little like when the news breaks that like the world's gonna end i love the quaint little like we go down a row of like eight newspapers that are all based in new york city i'm like oh <laughs> man remember when people could have newspapers <laughs> Good yeah the read all about it guy out there yeah, yeah the, the, the extra paper. <laughs> I, you know no, maybe so that's true. the comeback newspapers are waiting for somebody just standing on his corner screaming extra extra read all about it yeah, yeah. in yeah. in like a newsy outfit like yes. you know it's millennials they say like they like to pay for experiences yeah, yeah. um that's an experience maybe we would pay for 
Yeah, I what's do, the difference between him and the guy with the handlebar mustache making your drinks at the yeah. art, <laughs> exactly. bar? Exactly. <laughs> if you go to Silver Lake, I'm sure that there's going to be like somebody will have stolen that idea within the next year to two to launch there their go. to launch something. We'll be having newsies out like it and is there'll surprising be children too to really give you that authentic experience. <laughs> it is surprising right. that like somehow like that the town crier hasn't become a part of like the Portlandia. Mm-hmm. Like intentional mm-hmm. antiquated aesthetic. We really missed an opportunity on that one. <laughs> Did miss the opportunity. Another great comic moment with the, the when you're talking about the lighting the cigarette. You got the, yeah. the rich lady who snubs him, you know. Yeah. That's always... She is briefly intrigued until she remembers that she's in public and she can't. Like she has that moment where she's because he says that great when he's like, I always wanted to do that, which is yeah. such a wonderful little human moment it's for really him. Charming. Yeah. <laughs> You want a light? And then she's, hmm. she does the classic nose yeah, up. The, which, yeah, the fully yeah. turns her nose up at it. There's not a I, lot of that anymore these days, is there? Like no. people just going, hmm, like, you know, turning away with your nose up. No, we really, like, we've really Neither. lost our way with, like, it, it's weird. News There's boys, like, turning yeah. your nose up. Turning your nose up. I feel like with, with, like, the sort of, you know, there's the tension with, like, the sort of Jenner kardashian class as representative of very visible wealth and like lavishing in that wealth you know and then and then the the, you know social media presents the uh, idea of like hey we're all just the same we're like we're all human beings it's like no maybe we should just have rich people being like i don't know you i've never met you i'm literally gonna turn my nose at you let's not (laughs) let's not blur these lines um erroneously let's just fully have a wealthy class that's like no i i literally can't see you from as high up as i am because then you would at least understand the lines of demarcation try working in jewelry luxury jewelry retail on rodeo and you'll get that experience oh man i bet that is so in deadly true what you're saying right now give yourself that Staying an hour and a half late because a couple oh, wants no. to buy a five million dollar ring, and so the entire staff of the store has to stay oh. and just pretend to and just pretend that we don't exist while they smoke up on the roof. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> and do they end up buying it, or they, they go? Eh, we're going to come back. Okay. This couple did end up. I, I. It was not my client, so I just got to be one of the one of the house staff who uh-huh. seen but not heard. Um, or who did, we did have to make small polite, polite small talk about how much we love their dog, which is like <laughs> an unremarkable dog that we're all like, wow, this is the best golden ring I've ever there was met. A, there was a roof there to go smoke on. Yeah, well, it wasn't for smoking, but yes, the the I, the fourth, the third floor had a roof mm. deck that was mostly just for like it wasn't finished, so it was mostly just for employees. Oh, um, and then yes. Most and of the stores on and, yeah, and rich people, if they wanted to, most <laughs> of the stores on Rodeo do have like accessible, usable roofs. Yeah. And uh, that's a fun. Ooh, I, have to, I have to know after the after the podcast, you have to tell me where you worked because I'm OK. <laughs> oh, that one I'll just does. That was I, when I was like, beep. they suck. Don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, it's, OK. Yeah. <laughs> I know we were <laughs> allowed to say. Yeah, okay. I won't say where I'm working currently, but that was when I was I've I've, I've discussed at length on, on the my experience is there and yeah it's, uh... oh good excellent yeah so in sum that jordan just if you want that experience work luxury retail and unless wow. you are actively in front of them you do not exist the yeah. only reason i would want to be on i would want to be on the roof at christmas so i could be by the big present oh um, yeah the big oh, tiger or the, the panther yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep there it's go. there you can you can hang out it's fun to stand up there when like they're having the 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 fur protests and stuff. You can really just get a good <laughs> scope of Rodeo Drive at that That's moment right. and see 
see the fur <laughs> protest at Ferragamo and then they move up the street and you're like, oh, look at everybody doing. <laughs> These are I'm, I'm imagining our antagonist in When Worlds Collide just bitching about these protesters because, you know, he does oh, something yeah, to totally. say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's he's never anything other than dour and angry. No, yes. he has not one moment where he's not dour and angry. This guy, yeah. this guy doesn't want a diamond unless it's a blood diamond. <laughs> it's yeah. not a real diamond unless it's a blood diamond for this guy. And as you pointed out earlier, the yeah. secret gun under the, the blanket the over his legs. gun under the blanket is just spectacular. I hope I he had that. that the whole, I hope that character always has a blanket, <laughs> un, a gun under the blanket. It wasn't yeah. just like always he knew right. there was going to be a contentious meeting. He just always has that gun there for oh. any because he's he seems like he's just waiting for an opportunity to like yeah. start start the next war like yeah. that guy I was, gonna, I was about to yeah his i feel like he has said without a hint of irony or self-awareness war is good for business yeah yeah and yep, i think totally. like, that is just that is his character and i like that they never that there's never a moment where we do see any other like he is just a heel the whole time and yeah I, Yes. And he represents no, no, no. all the, the shitty people. Like there, nobody yeah. else is shitty other than him. Yeah. I think, do you think, I think he was completely inspired by uh, Mr. Potter from um, It's a Wonderful Life. So yeah. They're, yeah. The, the, you know, the world owes the, the, the debt that they are owed. I mm. like it. And it seems like a kind of like younger, like a, a man younger than the character is that they put a little bit of that like stage makeup yeah. on. <laughs> to make Wait him his hair look, up. Yeah like, yeah. like maybe, yeah. Like spray painted it white a little bit. I mm. love that kind of I, I love that dressing up of a character to be yeah. like a ah yes, this old surly millionaire. It's like that's a 35-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> With big worry lines. Yeah, exactly. Like port. the kind of contouring I would have done on my face in a middle school play. <laughs> I was yeah, oh it's God. very <laughs> when I was like playing in a little old man in yeah. something. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you had to pull your lips over your teeth, so yeah. you said you didn't have any teeth. We did we did a whole talent show performance as little old little old folks uh me yeah. and some friends where we we sang respect with we choreographed a whole dance sure. and uh <laughs> we were a hit in in eighth grade my friends i we, can only we imagine yeah well when you're a kid when you know you're going to be a character actor in later in life when you are always forced to play old people <laughs> as a young <laughs> like every production i was ever in i was always playing like you know a, a guy in his 60s and 70s <laughs> And there'd be some line about like, you know, I'm 60 and the whole audience would laugh. And you're like, hey, fuck you. Like, yeah, I'm trying really hard up here. You got to buy this. <laughs> you know you're I'm really hard to... up here. <laughs> you know you're destined oh, not to act at all when you get cast in a non-speaking main character role. I was Snoopy in Snoopy. There you go. Oh, <laughs> really? Hey, but you were the titular role. I was the titular role. And all mm -hmm. I had to do was just react horrified to comments. I occasionally had like prop pratfall faints and stuff and they're like yeah but i mean that's great stuff don't sing you can here's one song you talk singing the whole time <laughs> it's a real bring and it on smile don't smile moment yeah so <laughs> no, that was snoopy not not you're a good man Charlie. no it was right? it was snoopy it was oh, okay. it was yeah which is slightly different because it has even less of a plot and even more <laughs> vignettes even more vignettes it's yeah it was it was perfect you know. for a school presentation right? oh yeah it was, do we <laughs> Do we think that, like, what, where, where is, the, where is this mountain? A, where, where, where are we, right. are we in the interior United States? Is that like just yeah. where we're at? 
Yeah. I, the whole sequence involving like, cause at a certain point it's kind of nice. They do like the first catastrophe has happened and it seems like a thing that they're doing from this base is like running supplies to people who, that they, he, they hear need them who are within reasonable distance of a radio broadcast. And there's this whole sequence with like the, the two men in the love triangle in a helicopter mm-hmm. in like oh this helicopter sequence. real, like this helicopter, like watching this, Whoa. like just go up and down over yeah. the, I was like, well, there's so the perilous. most dangerous scene I've ever seen in my life in that when they yeah. land on the house and he gets out. I mean, his head looks like it's about a foot from those blades it and then does. it comes back in and, and, and I, that, that could not be safe. What the, there that was is not nothing a special about that. I was like, this is real no. people. And this is a real like this yeah. looks like a real. And plus the way like the the hilariously toy like way that a like a gyroscope little helicopter looked in like <laughs> I 1951. I was like, how is this? weight bearing load bearing in any way shape or form but when that like teetering over the little island Mm -hmm. with like red cross people i was like Like six people (laughs) there's like six people on this little like little skiff out in the middle of the water and the the wide shot of new york city underwater is so beautiful like that 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 must be like a map painting that was gorgeous Mm -hmm. but like with that helicopter like teetering over that little island i was like this is like a two-tiered little island and i feel like that top tier is perilously close to that blade right now and then like you said we're on top of that house they're just they're they're rescuing the urchin child on top of a roof it was like he's just hopping around in and out of this (laughs) fucking helicopter i was like this is I wish I could talk to one person who could tell me what that day was like on set. I want to watch it again, too, because the guy flying the helicopter looked a lot like the actor. (laughs) It's kind of like, Bill, can you fly this? Yeah, I'll I'll (laughs) give it a shot. (laughs) The camera's rolling. All right, let's go. I mean... (laughs) They might have, you know, a lot of actors were in World War. Like he might have been a pilot in World War II. But yeah, See? that's yeah. that shot when he's at the house and then oh, the helicopter god. takes off and leaves him. That was when I was like, oh god, this isn't with many. Like this isn't trick. This is just a real live helicopter yeah. that they've got over a like I guess the Universal water lot at this point. I, yeah, yeah, they're just flying a helicopter. There's no wires. There's no it. Yeah, yeah. it was perilous looking. No, that, those did. are the moments your stomach goes into into a knot as a director. <laughs> That's why we're at where we are now with our sick <laughs> regulations. Thank God. Yeah, it's like it watching was, it was city. The, it reminded me of City on Fire. Exactly. Just, yeah, I, when they they made Shelley Winters run through right. actual fire, and it was like, oh, you're just gonna you did this in Canada to avoid safety. People are just running <laughs> through yeah. fire for hours in that movie. Yeah. And like, didn't we read like some fact? It was like some like extra yeah. like record setting amount of like oil burned to we keep might those an- fires going they actually <laughs> triggered climate change with the amount of oil they burned to cause it, to, like, if, if, if not one person was rushed off that set with like smoke inhalation issues i would yeah. be shocked and fucking yeah. shelly winters the things that woman went through Mm-hmm. In the later parts of her career, the disrespect <laughs> yeah. of Shelly Winters. Exactly. My God. Sw- swimming through things with her underwear showing and the Poseidon Ugh. adventure. Paul, and, yeah. I was seeing this on the internet recently. Shelly Winters really <laughs> missed your yeah. era. Shelly Winters was fucking built to be in a Paul Feig <laughs> comedy. Yes. yes. Oh, and you amen. would have respected Shelly Winters. You would have known exactly what to do. 
Imagine oh Shelly Winters in all her mocks. Imagine she was Shelly so Winters great. as Melissa McCarthy's mom in anything. <laughs> exactly. I want Shelly Winters and Ruth Gordon in a movie together. That would be <laughs> oh the greatest God. comedy ever. <laughs> we really like Shelly Winters. Just the more I learn about her, the more it's like, man, you would have been a great 2022 like yeah. mature lady star. The internet would have loved you, Shelly Winters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need a new who's who would we need a new Shelly Winters? My God, we, we do need a new who's growing brave her in a, in a test tube or something who's <laughs> brave enough to be the next shelly winters they don't make them like they used to so like <laughs> cowards need not apply you, know, you gotta be brassy and you gotta you gotta be brassy loud and funny and that's the the critical and have two oscars all of those- Yes. And have, yes. And have multiple fucking Oscars. And I think Shelly Winters, actually, when you go to the Anne Frank house, I think her Oscar is there, right? Yeah. So she donated, another reason she to love Shelly Winters. To yeah. The one that she got for Diary of Anne Frank, she actually did donate to the Anne Frank house. She, she was the Just, uh, Do- Dolly Parton of her time. You know? <laughs> another mean. admirable person who does all these wonderful things. You're like, gosh, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, you're cool. And then just also I goes guess. on talk shows and just for no, for just to be there. Yeah, and then tell all her dirty stories. You know, oh the, my god! Her Marilyn Monroe stories, which that that's still pretty awesome. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they were friends and <laughs> doing all that they did. Yeah, no, I so Paul, I mourn that we never got a. I mourn that we couldn't mm. have a Paul Feig Shelley Winters movie. Thank you. I, I mourn that too. To be <laughs> honest, I, I completely. <laughs> I believe you have perhaps thought about that before. That this maybe oh, yeah. isn't the first time that has occurred to you. That man, me and Shelley. We if I had really a time machine, our... the dream casting I could do would be unbelievable. <laughs> I Shelley Winters in this movie, man, I would have made her the fucking pilot. I would have yeah. made her. <laughs> I would have made her the swaggering, doesn't know yeah. what she's got, yeah. setting money on fire at a restaurant. Like I would put Shelly Winters. That's the thing about her. You put her in a Han Solo role. Yeah, right. totally. That's what you. Then, then all the like Winters. the male stewards would be all like, "Hey, hello there." That's what it the, should be. The the Shelly Winters with tentacles would have flirted mm-hmm. right back. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. she was always looking for her next husband in the tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I, I if I can I go back to an old show just because yeah. ten, I have such a connection to tentacles because I saw it opening weekend in our <laughs> local theater because wow. my friend and I we saw everything. We were just like, oh my god, because you know, yeah. always such hope that it's gonna be as good as like Jaws or whatever. And it yeah. always just completely <laughs> bummed out. But you guys were talking about and I I haven't watched it in forever, but you were actually talking about how you thought the like the effects of, you know, the the, the orcas versus the mm-hmm. were pretty good. I have this weird thing seared into my head that every time you went to the underwater thing, they had two like Balinese kind of shadow puppets that they were just like pushing at each other. So but I'm, I'm thinking maybe I saw a different movie also that had some underwater fight. But I just remember some really. When they're Some in the movie cave, like that had a really lame thing like that. When they're in the cave, it definitely looks like cutouts. Like yeah. it gets yeah. a little, there's a couple spots yeah. where it gets a little iffy, but there's some real, there's some live orca action happening in it. Yeah. It is. And, and like yeah. you said, the, most, the, like, the head you know, rolling, the octopus head rolling down, down the just, and, and, and And when the, the, when the, the woman out in open water gets wrapped up by the very obviously foam tentacles, not the peak <laughs> of effects in that movie, yeah. but effective. No. 
Mm-hmm. No, totally. No, it, it's we we were such, you know, that that was just the thing back in the 70s. There was a, be a successful movie and then all these knockoffs, even mm-hmm. more so than now or, you know, the last 20 years. It would. It, but it was always such a terrible money grab. And, you know, in Star Wars, we got suckered so many times. <laughs> Did we talk? I don't know if I talked about this before, but there was a movie called Battle Beyond the Stars. Have we ever discussed that? I don't no. think so. What oh, happened okay. in Battle Beyond the Stars? Look that up. Well, it, it was it was promoted as the next Star Wars by you know the mm-hmm. company trying to make money off of it and i think it was a japanese co-production but it had like robert bond you know and some other you know stars who clearly got you know some money you know and there's all these great shots of just robert vaughn sitting like in this cockpit like just his face completely not moving and then like they turn the camera like he's turned you know then he cut outside and all these spaceship stuff's going on but it's it's truly one of the worst movies Ever, although I was told recently that Quentin Tarantino thinks it's a really good movie, so so that maybe I need right. to watch again. But we yeah. were just so uh, we were so enraged, my friend and I, because you know we got got ripped off again. But you'll see, <laughs> check it out. Yeah. The, the spaceships look like egg beaters, and, it, and it's. it's <laughs> I love the sense I love the design sensibility of the 1950s where like in this movie we'll have close up shots of like the control panel. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's like it's like this is the thing that's going to take us to another planet and 50 people are going to carry on humanity. Let's make the control panel cute. Like, yeah. Let's have- well, well, that's the thing. He's the only guy who can fly this rocket, and clearly, he's the only guy that can push three giant uh, levers. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever they like, like light switches, but they were yeah, gigantic. Like, huge, like 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 a man's fist would have to like would look silly, like pushing yeah, down exactly. on these giant switches. Are you ready? Then, Here like, we go. Click. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Turn one and six off. Like boom, boom. That's yeah, that was it. It's like it, like it looks like you could just like you should have like big like soft drum mallets to like hit yeah. them on and off. And there's yeah. like a cute little a cute little silver starship. Like is mm. one of like a, a little meter. Oh, on the that's top right. Of it. Yeah. Well, the the light so it showed which which uh, uh, yeah engines were going on. Yeah. No, but it's kind of. I mean, you know, I know that they were trying to be futuristic, but at the same time, it's not the future. And they did. We just come out of World War II. We know what a, like a, a control panel looks like on an airplane, but yeah. I guess the feeling was they had to pare it down. You know, I don't want to shit on their version of of, of sci-fi, sure, but sure. It, it maybe a little more uh, uh, you know detail could it was. Helped. They they went okay. We can. They, it was one of those things that was kind of that fun of like okay, you can you're inventing an entire thing. Go crazy, and they're yeah, like cool. Yeah, so yeah. we're thinking for light switches. That sounds good right. to you guys. That sounds like <laughs> yeah. the future. You're right. And it but it was also it, at that point the because what was funny is that in the movie they because like you know the the pilot kept being like oh I can't I I'm not I'm not gonna go because you guys don't need me you need farmers you need people who can mm. do the doctors and he was like yeah. very noble and the whole time I was there I was like we need someone to fly the plane and then it turns <laughs> out that one of the scientists can technically fly the plane yeah yeah and but that's found- how the the guy cons him into doing it right he's got a heart condition he's not gonna make it through the blackout I love the blackout up, you're alive I love the talk <laughs> of the blackout I know they're not wrong in their little in their little space sweatsuits everyone's little instead of having oh. like <laughs> Everyone has very fashion show 2022 neutrals yeah. space were, outfits on. They were With the beanie cap. In, they were all yeah. in Yeezy. I mean, it was 100%. They were. It was they all were. Just, that was straight up just Kanye has, <laughs> he rolled it out to Gap recently. It is, they were all in very fashionable Yeezys and- Wow, this movie is just the inspiration for so much. You know, this is, it's ground zero. Yep, and yeah. here it is. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> 
it is really it's really like thinking of it now it's really special to watch pre-space race science fiction in that way because it really was like like you said amanda it's like okay you're inventing this like when when people were i kind of lost track of myself when i was watching it for a second when they were like there's no way you can get to this other planet like space travel and i was like what the fuck you guys talking about then i was like oh wait it's 1951 (laughs) we hadn't done it yet we didn't know yet like and i think as i get older i've i i find a lot of like additional value and just like wow look at that portrait of another time. Like yeah, there, totally. there's just something I find very um, charming about being able to watch this roadmap of when all we had was yeah. imagination. And yeah. so we're going to shoot a big, pretty silver rocket ship off a, a ski, like Half a, of a skier's long track. jump. <laughs> yeah. That's going to shoot it off a mountain into yeah. space. And I was like, how fun is that? Like yeah. we just, we, we had, nothing telling us no because we had no example to prove otherwise and that's a cool thing to be able to look back on yeah yeah and it, the, the funny thing about 50s sci-fi comedy it's really the uh the parents of star trek but yeah. then star wars i think is more the the child of cooler movies and war movies you yeah know? Yeah, because Star Trek, if you look, you know, if, I don't know if you've ever seen Forbidden Planet, which is yes. kind of, yeah, you know, and there's lots of sort of, you know, romance on this, uh, you know, and so I felt all that, you know, that was as a kid, I'd never liked mm-hmm. Star Trek because it was always like, who's Captain Kirk making out with this week? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I just want to see aliens and spaceships, you know, right? which is why when Star Wars came, I was like, oh, thank God, you know, so, <laughs> but, but I, I find that kind of interesting because it was, it was much more humans sort of the wrong word but much more about the foibles of humanity and 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 characters versus cool stuff and you know good versus evil and all that right uh, yeah yeah somebody could write a somebody could write a paper about that much smarter than i am (laughs) i don't know paul you you're ready for your index essay i I will (laughs) i'm ready for my dissertation I what Paul I'm Feig. ready for is <laughs> is Paul Feig's disaster movie. So I hope that I really yeah. hope that there is a future in which you get to make a disaster movie. I would love it. I mean, you know, you know me. I love those Irwin Allen movies. Those are my my favorite. Just, I just you know this movie it just kind of speaks to everything I miss that we can't do these days mm-hmm. in the world of miniatures and models. Yeah. Uh, Every movie yeah. I make, I'm always like, come into it with ever, whoever my son, my VFX people. I was like, we're going to do miniatures. And yes, we are. We are. And it's always at some point they go, it's too expensive. You can't do it. Ugh. You have to do CG. And it's like, why can't there's got to be like a bunch of nerds like myself around who used to build models all the time, still do it, who would go like, sure, we'll make those models. But it's always like one company that charges you a gazillion dollars for, you know, a spaceship or something. I would love to see just like you like break form and you just like make a million dollar short film. Yeah. And it's like, listen, we can do miniatures <laughs> for eight fucking minutes. Yes. So mm-hmm. we are going to do eight minutes of those. Like, well, we, I will me. have my practical effects dream. It might not be 12 <laughs> minutes long, but like, I am going to do this. Just proof of concept. Yes. No. Yes. Well, I mean, exactly. I honestly, I wrote a movie. There's a movie I've been trying to get made for, for several years now that is a, a sci-fi comedy, not space ballsy, but kind of, you know, mm-hmm. Flash Gordon-y. Uh-huh. And same thing. Everybody keeps budgeting it going like, this is going to cost $200 million. I'm like, it's not. I'm 
going to make, I'll tell you, I can make this cheap. We're going to, you know, we're going to make it feel like a 1950s sci-fi movie, but um, you just can't. And then, then, then the question is always like, well, will audiences put up with that? And I was like, well, sure. Who wouldn't love that? But then, you know, you do a screening and one of your effects looks, you know, weird. And everybody's like, oh, movie looks cheesy. So you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. I guess Listen, you just have if, to lean into a goal. This is supposed to look like this. If RRR tells us anything, it's what the people crave is sincerity. Yeah. Yes. God damn it. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who has seen that no fewer than 12 times in theaters. Really? Yes. She currently nice. doesn't watch any other movies besides it. <laughs> really? She's like, no, I don't watch other movies right now. I watch I watch RRR. I still haven't so, seen it, but from everything I've heard, it's one of those things where it's all the movies. So yeah, you don't, it's like, it's like drinking a nutritional shake where it's got all the nutrients <laughs> you need for the day. Yeah. RRR, as far as I've heard, is everything you could want from any movie crammed into one movie. Well, I, now my I have to my see friend this. Ariel would, would agree that it, yeah. it is, Paul, I think you would, I think you would very much appreciate it because it's, it's a central love story of uh, a friendship that may be doomed but hmm. also may be uh, the key to revolution and overthrowing colonial British government. Really? So, what, yeah. Is that out now? It's it's you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah, uh, oh, it is it is a Telugu Indian uh, film, and oh, it is about yes, yes yeah, yeah. It, it is about two two men from different worlds who are adversarial to one another. Uh, is it a friendship? Is it is it a right. is it a masquerade? And then it is also a very extravagant um, action movie about uh colonized india versus the british overlords oh well i know what i'm watching tonight uh, yeah it's fantastic. a great time and of yeah. course it's a musical I, yeah. I, when the movie mm-hmm. started when the movie started i was like i was in i went theaters opening weekend i'd been looking forward to it since last year and i looked over at my friend who went with me and i was like if there is not a minimum six minute interlude dedicated to the power of male friendship in this movie <laughs> then i don't know what i'm doing here because that's mm-hmm. a big part of what i go to indian action epics for yeah and um it was i think it was more than six minutes so okay. just <laughs> know everything that. you wanted and more I love yeah it. i like I, I watching a movie like this there's such like that there's that like purity of the 1950s where like it yeah. you know i i as a i as an asexual spectrum person enjoy <laughs> a like a, at an arm's length love story mm-hmm. yeah. every now and again people like to talk about how you know s- sex in movies is at a weird place but it's mm-hmm. always funny seeing people on the internet be like there's no sex in movies i'm like listen guys as somebody who's <laughs> not having any there's so much sex everywhere <laughs> don't worry <laughs> right. you're just not noticing it yeah we're actually it's yeah. actually not in short supply and yeah. i like i yeah. you know it's it's silly to it's silly at times and they're obviously like the patriarchal nightmares of it watching like old movies but i i love a i love a movie i love a love story that's going to exist in hugs alone oh, and yeah, this is a, this is a love story of hugs yeah this I is a into passionate that. embrace but with no mouths yeah i hated all that especially the 80s it was all this like beautifully lit sex scenes that go on forever and i'm always mm-hmm. you're sitting there like what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> like, is this, you know, I don't know. So I was always like, oh, thank God. Now, you know, every time like, I think it's going to start up, they cut away. I'm like, oh, thank God. And let's let, you know, <laughs> let other parts of the internet handle that. You know, we yes, don't need that in our the mainstream. Parts of the internet media. will handle it. <laughs> exactly. I think they're all over that. Yeah. I, I really, I, I liked that. 
I like that just really the majority, like half of at least the love triangle of this movie is the physician just like trying to convince these two kids that they belong together, basically. He's like, like, abdicate. He's like, all right, I thought I was going to marry this person, but it's not going to work. But it turns out I want only for her happiness. So I'm going to go out of, I'm going to lie to this guy, the himbo, Mm -hmm. and make up a fake medical diagnosis for the guy that's supposed to be flying this plane to Mm. another planet. Just so he's like, I am forcing him to be like, wow, I guess to save people's lives, I really should pilot this ship. I love that elaborate yeah. ruse. About Which is a guy- in collusion with her father, too. Like, yeah. her father and her fiance are super invested in making sure that she gets to a new planet with the dude she wants to bone. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. And the, and the dad even says it to the guy. He said, yeah. he pretty much says, the only reason you're going is that my daughter likes you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, the, cool, like, all right. And I never... And and but I kept waiting to feel like a weird sense of like dad is the chastity belt to his daughter kind <laughs> no. of thing. And I no, really was, did it. Dad I was like, wanted... this guy just seems like kind of a good dad. Yeah. No, well, he had that. He supportive. had that weird vibe. Uh, not weird, but like kind of like we got to populate this new planet. So, yeah. You yeah. know, you two, Randy, get, you know, kids <laughs> go off. And, <laughs> that, because oh, that's so why it remember... wasn't so much altruistic. He was just planning. He was like, well, she's not going to reproduce with this dud. She's yeah, got to exactly. go with the hot guy. <laughs> and then then same with that. The, remember the, the couple that was all over yeah. each other who got separated. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. then Which... I think, oh, wait, no, it was it was because the one guy got shot. <laughs> he gets to go. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Sam yeah. Drucker got shot. The uh, his girlfriend <laughs> got to go. Yeah, he and I love that because we really don't through like the entire movie. I think her name's Julie, and we we yeah. get them as it's that little that almost it's the almost um em, like Roland Emmerich. We're gonna have seventeen different characters and plots. Yeah. yeah, where we get this, you know, they're the normal people, and they show up. They're, they're they the go in together, <laughs> and they're so in love, and they're engaged, and she's blonde, and he's you know a man and <laughs> yeah literally their only lines was him like clasping her to his chest and saying julie a bunch yeah. <laughs> and so well, i i was so oh, worried okay, so. sorry i was just like i was so glad I, like i knew that 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 was going to be our thing of like we're going to see that they're not going one of them isn't going to make it obviously but i was so glad that then they turned around and were like no 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 let's let those horny teens go yeah, exactly. But then, but then I think then the ex he went too, right? Or did yeah, he? St- he st- yeah, he gets, so he they all get it. there. He got so there's it. intrigue. They all walk into that painting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> into that Warner Brothers cartoon. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the new world is a little needs a little help. It <laughs> <laughs> was just a matte painting and potential. Yeah, exactly. it is. It kind of had that same vibe of like Fred Flintstone's living room, you know, he's running on the same <laughs> table, keeps going by. It was like, it was like Bugs Bunny arriving on vacation <laughs> to somewhere. Like when we get like this, like it pans, like we get like a full pan, like we're turning from the yeah. mouth of the ship, like in, like to look out into this vast expanse. And it's fully a cartoon, yeah. even mm-hmm. to the point where like in the distance, like there's like to the left side of the screen. There looks almost like some sort of stone shrine. It was like, yeah. wait, is this an earlier civilization? Like, yeah. what is waiting for them here? Or was yeah. that an accident? Was this from I a think- cartoon? And they didn't <laughs> they repurposed it and didn't realize it? What is that thing? What I is that fucking temple attempt at, in I the distance? I think that was their attempt at geology. I don't, because I was like, that's is this going to be the crazy reveal? And Did you like, no, see I it too? Think, yeah, I, I thought it was. I was like, this is going to be the reveal that turns out that there's I actually was waiting for first I was waiting for that that thing to eat to jump out and eat them 
Right. <laughs> like the end of Don't Look Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I was just like, mm, I think that's just weird art. I don't think, <laughs> I think that was intended to be art. a... I don't think that yeah. was intended to be sort of a proto um, Planet of the Apes situation. Yeah, I think that was their take on what yeah. the future and other planets. If Marvin the Martian walked out, I would. Have <laughs> yeah. I did like that they landed on a glacier, just like in um, like they the ending again. Tw- it was very 2012. They're at the glacier, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is this is where the arcs are sent out of." But they it- land on a glacier to immediately be. Yes. In a in a verdant clearing. Well, that's yes. what I couldn't figure out because literally they land in a tundra and then they step out and it's all green and everything. All green, so, yeah. If they yeah. walk into fucking Jurassic Park. I, th- I think <laughs> it was supposed to be like the Alpine Meadows is how kind of how it's like. There okay, I can kind of like that's very it's very Maria in Sound of Music like yeah. kind of in the green I, landscape. I, I love the commitment to being like we it's it has to be so exotic and not familiar mm-hmm. to people. We're gonna make it a full animation yeah like a full like animated crazy panel. colors yeah, yeah. Totally. like vi- like no leaves no texture grass <laughs> like this is just like this is truly a like you said the marvin the martian could walk out and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah the, the, the yeah. trees kind of look like charlie brown's christmas tree, <laughs> yeah. <don't they? laughs> it is it was yeah a, such <laughs> an unexpected twist ending yeah especially because yeah. it's not like they couldn't have soundstaged that it's not like they couldn't no. have taken some styrofoam spray painted it like right. star trek did it like a good all star trek, the yeah, time exactly. yeah red red sky yeah exactly yeah, that, we get the good red sky on Earth for a minute, like when the sun, the planet, mm-hmm. when the when the star is approaching. And this one, they were just like, "We've done all we can do yeah. with set yeah. skies." Like, <laughs> we blew, we blew the whole budget on that rocket and that, and that <laughs> yeah. roller coaster thing. So yeah, and on the helicopter effect that we yeah. had yeah, back there. Exactly. So this is what well, we've got left. I, I love that the, there's. It, they handle it very well of kind of like, you don't know if that air you can breathe. It's like, well, who cares? That. Open yeah. it up. It's like, I, I guess you're right. I, lo- sure. that was, I yeah. thought that was a great moment. Yeah. We, we've got to test the air and do this together. It's like, what's the fucking point? You're yeah. going to live in this ship for the right re- till you're all just dead. Like open it and die now or open it and live now. You're going to figure exactly. it out real fast. I was like, I love this move. I love this. Yeah. Move. this totally. They just keep the door shut and play with all the new puppies that are born. At the very <laughs> <end of> the <laughs> I think that, that kind of answered the question because they only bring the one dog. I was like, mm-hmm. if you're going to bring a dog, you should bring another dog so the dogs can populate. But then, oh, the dog already had oh, puppies inside. Puppies. Yeah. Yes. I was so happy that there were puppies at the end. I was like, yeah, this is this is what this movie needed was like a good disaster child. Thrilled that this I was, was going like, to say, we even get really, a disaster child. As soon as as soon as I saw the disaster child on the roof, I was like, oh, thank. Oh, my God. It's our first adopted stray child. Wow. This is foundational. And I think kind of like more ends up with the doctor than the couple. Yeah, the doctor. So which I love. So, I was like, that's oh, true. That's I, true. I kind of suspect at my heart of hearts that what ends up happening is that they're in a thruple. And we get to the new <laughs> yeah. planet. And yeah, they our feel laws, functional in that way. They seemed real. I mean, she I kind of think she has like a bone and husband and a feelings husband now. Yeah, totally. I, I think I think, I think we need a sequel is I think what we yeah. need. What happens on that planet? <laughs> I want to know. That forbidden planet. That like, extra forbidden, apparently. What is um, it? What is it called? Like Zira? It's Zira. Yeah. It's oh, Zira yeah, right. and the star yeah. is Bellis. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. the sign of the wall counting yes. down the days until we get wiped out. Um Which- 
I love yeah. the idea that there was like a print because they they have these like it's a printed calendar. So they had to, yeah. to contract out to 1951 Kinkos and be like, hey, we need a countdown, <laughs> a page by page, like a page a day calendar. That's right. We know the, the world's the world. ending, but we really need this thing <laughs> to keep love, track of stuff. I, I thought it was so funny how like because as we get close to to, to Bellis hitting Earth, we like are getting these distress like everybody's working overtime. We're getting these like distressed <laughs> radio broadcasts. With well, like that's a funny. The, everybody, hurry, hurry. Hurry, God. hurry. And the <laughs> most detailed late count, like the most detailed hours behind. We're still 35 minutes behind. It's like 35 <laughs> no, minutes? I hope that guy didn't get to go to the new planet because he was the most <laughs> yeah. annoying character in the whole movie. Just for days, it's just him going like, we're five hours behind. Hurry, <laughs> hurry. And he just keeps saying hurry. It's like... We're working as hard as we can. We don't want to die, sir. We're not really <laughs> backing off we're here. We're motivators at the end of the world. <laughs> exactly. We're still 35 minutes behind. <laughs> Move this it, you especially. So well, that, that, detailed. But then this goes into um, the whole thing about uh, <laughs> how clubby the movie gets because there is this, and I guess you can't really get bogged down in this, but the fact that sort of, the world's ending and then they're in the spaceship and then clearly we see the sun just eat the earth. So yeah. mm -hmm. everyone's dead. The entire population of the world is dead. And it's kind of like nobody sort of talks about it anymore after that. It's all no. kind of there's lots of laughing and like we made it, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of there's no survivor's guilt in this. Uh, there's no, survivor's no. elation in this movie, which <laughs> yeah. leaves you feeling slightly queasy at times. It was when everybody <laughs> like stood up and cheered when they were on the planet at the end and it was oh, like. Yeah nobody simply nobody cares for who got left behind right now yeah. like i think you there should have been the like let's have a moment of silence for the yes. six billion yeah. people that just died yeah you know, it also in the in the clubbiness of it all too is i don't think the world knew they were building this spaceship which is probably you know yeah. even though they shit on on the you know the the rich guy for saying the world's gonna go nuts they didn't really tell anybody. So yeah, they sort yeah. of cut that part out. You know, we didn't have to worry that the population yeah. of the world is going to storm to this one place where there's a spaceship. So I think I they, like, they mentioned a few times that other planets or other countries were oh, doing we're something. Try we're trying, and so, but we never really, because it's a, you know, but we're then not going to get the big But remember, they shit on them. Maybe they were going, yeah. Yeah. They're not, they'll never make it. They'll never do it. We're right. the only ones who can do it. Which well, a little, they don't okay. have American exceptionalism. Let's be real here. Yeah. This is 1951. No other country can do what we do. Totally. But wouldn't like, the sequel be a great La Brea situation where suddenly tribes find one another who have landed at different parts of the new planet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paul, yeah. uh -huh. are you watching on the other La Brea? No, I know, but I know all about it. My, my editor's <laughs> obsessed with it. So, and I know you're obsessed with it. So I, I have to catch up. Be oh, so curious oh. to know what you thought of that show. <laughs> I'm sure I will love it. A rollicking adventure. Oh my God. Brea. <laughs> I just want to point shout out that on the uh, La Brea, the unofficial uh, Twitter account that we have for them, yeah. a stunt actor from La Brea followed us. And I just want to be like, buddy, we're not real. We don't yeah. even tweet. You La Brea, <laughs> NBC did not take <laughs> go through the trouble to get the La Brea NBC Twitter handle. I still can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. we Amanda did. Yeah. Well, you and may be selling them back to them because the <laughs> show's doing well. <laughs> it's doing so well. I'm thrilled, which I'm thrilled about. Like this is 
I need more. <laughs> this is this is the kind of programming I want from my tele from my this, TV, is, the, like, this is the speed at television. which I need emotions to move. Is yeah, the no, God bless NBC, who's canceled two of my series for if actually keeping <laughs> something on the air that's fun. So, I know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, those look. Wonderful people. Um. <laughs> they, I won't often say they canceled my beloved surface. I'm still holding that against them. I won't often. Yes. They just cut, canceled a, a sitcom. I love Rutherford Falls and I will not give them oh, much credit. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 But I will nice say show. it was a really good second season was one of the stealthiest. Like they Trojan horsed in a sitcom about entirely non-white cast. Yeah, right. it was, like, which I was I was it's like a wonderful but, show, but it's a great show. Yeah. Second season, as as so often happens with Michael Schur shows, the second season is just like, wow, this is a this show is the one I want to watch. Oh, that's Mike's show. Oh, okay. yeah. I've known Mike forever. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm, in, I'm in London. I don't get to see any. You don't get to see on American anything. TV. No, my just, wife's fault. You, yeah. <laughs> you've just got like Dr. happy birthday to her. But wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank Wait, are you. we recording on her birthday? <laughs> no, it was uh, recent. No, it was oh, okay. recent. Was exactly. Say. My birthday's coming up. Exactly. Oh, oh. <laughs> happy early birthday to. Thank you. I'm not even going to tell you that I'm turning 60, which is really depressing. But, <laughs> but I am. So, you know, nothing I can do about it. <clears throat> I'm young at heart. I was going to say, it's a very young 60. That there was, you go. Thank like, you. I, I also would not have, like, I think partly because for me, the 90s are still 10 years ago. I was like, I yes, would be like, I know. Oh, Paul the 90s are exactly. 10 years ago. It's 10 years and ago. We all got to take two years off anyway for the for the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. 58, I, yeah. As a 37-year-old as a who could still be mistaken for an undergrad, you put a backpack on me near a college campus. True. It's all, it, it doesn't, none of it means anything. Nice, yeah. nice, excellent. As as a woman who's dating in LA on dating apps, I can tell you that literally no man on dating apps tells his accurate age. So you can really get away with. <laughs> right. Or an seeing, accurate picture, I would bet too. No, right? no, no. I'm still seeing photos that were absolutely taken on like point and shoots that have been yeah. scanned in. From the 90s, then, yeah, 10 years ago. in and uploaded and i'm like that's a generous image of you sir <laughs> my wife used to call those bar mitzvah photos <laughs> like, that was that really worked some that's well actually as an actor it's a director you know when you get submitted headshots sometimes. oh god and then the person comes in you're like oh well that's oh hi. yeah that was, that was that a while ago that yeah. <laughs> you pull that right off the wall from santa monica car wash and uh exactly <laughs> the dry cleaners had this uh yeah. sandwich shop had it up. <laughs> do we do we feel like we are ready to get into what this movie was really about? I think so. I think so. I do want to I do want to shout out one sequence though before yeah. we do because there's the when the when the when Zira does pass and the, it one it's 101 and all of a sudden chaos unfolds. I loved that they had the actors in the in the lab situation. <laughs> Yeah. On just a shake table. Yeah. They fully, they were throwing asbestos at those actors and they were giving it. <laughs> yep. That they, was... they didn't Star Trek that with just running back and forth. They were no. bouncing that thing. They were just flinging actors through through the air. <laughs> that was not <laughs> Ming-Na Wen throwing would, herself yeah. around in no. the cab of a truck. No. That but is... I, had to, I had to laugh because they set it up like, you know, oceans will be torn from their base. Mm -hmm. And yet it just kind of shakes up a room, basically. So, yeah. 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 But yeah. you know, God bless them for doing it because it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they still, you know, they it was they tried they oversold their best. it. <laughs> but then we went outside. Then when you just when you thought, oh, it's just going to shake a room, and then suddenly, oh my gosh! Which I still kind of wonder. I want to go back through other movies because I have a mm -hmm. feeling they stole a few shots from some other things. That yeah, is, a I feel like the volcano erupting was not necessarily. Yeah. It felt like a different. 
it felt like that was something quality. else that like paramount like owned film yeah. yeah or like from the outtakes from a like a at sea movie so the yeah. water's splashing up it and was stuff much like that. more vividly colored it was like yeah it was, yeah yeah it was yeah, we went through, we went through non-technicolor moments in that because uh, <laughs> this movie is in technicolor which is kind of awesome you know yeah very vibrant it's, it's a great looking movie like it does yeah. You know, the models thing, that holds up, man. Yeah, it's it looks just... so cool. That's one of the greatest cool. models in movie history, I'm telling you. It's so cool. And it's so gigantic. I, I, you know, I, it looks huge. When it's they huge. had the people working under it, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm really getting the sense of scale of this thing. <laughs> well, you can see, you, you look up, like, stuff on it, and you'll see, like, the guys building it. And it's, I mean, it's pretty big. It's probably, like, three feet tall and, you know, mm -hmm. like, super big and... um you know, and then I love when it, I always, for some reason, it was always seared into my brain at the end. And that and they make it a plot point when it takes off the cart holding it will go flying into the woods. And then it does. So. It does. <laughs> I'm so glad they delivered on that. I, I like for a second, I was like, did that just come apart? And then I was yeah. like, oh, no, they promised us that it was the cart. I was I thinking maybe like they added that dialogue after they shot it and like, oh, that thing fell off. OK, <laughs> no, I was going to say, that. like, they could not rig it to do the thing they wanted to. So, like, you know, what? we're just going to make it seem intentional. It, it does feel that. But it's so great because it really just you, you get that real sense that it just went flying. Too. Yeah, like, it <laughs> probably wiped out some people that didn't know that they were building a rocket. <laughs> Rogue survivors. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe it is time to. Yeah, let's yeah. do. What is this movie really about, Amanda? I feel like you you, you had something that you were starting with earlier. So would you I like did, to pick it yeah. up? Yeah, I do feel so. I as I was watching it, what was interesting with this movie was that it was as I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't, this isn't a, this is a, a, the vibe of it isn't necessarily like, look at what happens when we band together. There was also a really big component of the private industry and the role the private industry mm. plays that the government basically fails them. And private industry is what comes through. And then I was like, wait, this is early 1951. We're just at the start of like, we're going to fight communism. This mm. is an anti-communism movie. This is a mm. private, not like, this is a private enterprise will save us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, there are some bad bedfellows, but in the end, even the bad bedfellow, like the bad bedfellows can still get us to what we need. And right. the government won't save us, but private industry will. And then I started to kind of, I read, like I said, I read up on the Wikipedia and the director had a different movie. Um, I think it was like Journey to the Moon or Moon, something involving the moon. I can't remember mm -hmm. what it was called. Mm -hmm. um, moon Venture, something. And the quote that I got from that, it, the film's premise is that private industry will mobilize, finance, and manufacture the first spacecraft to the moon, and that the U.S. government will be forced to purchase or lease the technology to remain the dominant power in space. Okay. Oh. Different industrialists cooperate to support the private venture. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, that's this guy's entire working thesis for everything is basically yeah. privatized space travel, privatized that these advancements will only come from the good work of people who are rich right. and who the corporations and then the people working for them. And it was mm -hmm. very like this wasn't a billionaires will save us. It was the people working for working in private industry will save us that all these people right. were all the employees of private industry doing their best there was no the government didn't understand and quite frankly abandoned the people so i think that's <laughs> what this movie is about this movie is you can't trust because communism and it, the idea that like well the government can protect you and can provide for you right right this movie is 100%. like the centralized state apparatus yeah. yeah this movie is a rebuttal of the idea that the government can protect you or can do anything to save or better humanity it has to come from private industry 
but not in a like capitalism will save us way, but in a very in opposition to communism way. So I think that's mm. what this movie is really about. I buy that also because it's interesting. This it's got more of a rich guy bend to it, though, mm -hmm. this one, because mm -hmm. other than the mean guy in the, in the wheelchair, those other billionaires yeah. are really helpful and friendly yeah, you know yeah, so falling all over themselves so i think it also like, says you know look if you let solution. people make a bazillion dollars they're going to give back so it's yeah. got a little bit of a reaganism reagan thing trickle down but um uh-huh you know, uh -huh. mm -hmm. might blow yeah. up in its face but um no but i i, I yeah. totally buy that especially coming yeah. out of you know uh, yeah, out of I think world war ii yeah, especially because we're not getting quite like because initially I was like, is this a fear of because it's not a nuclear. This isn't in the way that like the later 1950s movies are. Yeah. And like once you get into Godzilla is the the fear of nuclear holocaust or anything like that. This is really in the face. I think it does, again, come back to the fact that it's so closely rooted to the 1940s and to the mm, yeah. America, which was a huge operation of privatization for the greater good. Like yeah. 1940s, all the factories suddenly convert all the you know, all the private businesses are like, no, we're going to help our cause. Yeah. So I think it's riding that wave of like, this is look at what private industry can do when allowed. Yeah. Um, that's, when that's allowed. That's, that's, that's when totally. unregulated. <laughs> there you go. Right. Back to Reagan. There we Which, go. you know, is, is it works in theory. It works all. in it works. Yeah. In when, it works when you're about to destroy the world. <laughs> yeah. But and again, yes. I think that's like such an interesting again. When there's in no later. To, it works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. There's no choice. Whatsoever. Yeah. It's a real. It's a real boomer. It's a real boomers mentality situation <laughs> of just like. I mean, it's fine now, right? Yeah. <laughs> now it works great. Yeah. Now it works great. Oh. This is working Fuck out em. really well for the forty people who get to go on this ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Super. Oh, yeah. But yeah. That's that's what I think this movie is actually about. Is I actually think I, this is this is a very strongly pro like private industry, but in a in an optimistic way versus in a versus in like a callow way mm -hmm. interesting yeah. I, 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 I think that about to you on. about it paul um to me it was all it's it's kind of a story about how your how your priorities change uh when faced with you know extreme situations mm -hmm. i mean it's really to me it's summed up by by you know julie who you know has this perfectly n nice boyfriend or whatever and they seem yeah. very happy until the end of world's coming and and the, a handsome guy who also seems like he can probably he's cool enough to maybe pull something off or save you <laughs> then like the, the whole dad like thing of like you should get married right away and she's like mm, i don't know I, it's like don't you like him anymore <laughs> no i like that guy and she's so blatant too about like yeah. i really he goes it's john right and he goes, i really like him now but, you know, I, I get so then dad's priorities, because dad in a normal situation would probably be like, what are you doing? You know, you just right. met him. Mm -hmm. But since there's only 40 days left or whatever, everything accelerates. So, so I think those priorities change and, and just I don't know. I I, I, I like him. I, Amanda, I like your breakdown of it uh, better because I, you know, I, I get so shallow on these things sometimes because I always hey, say we got to like, cover the game. We got to cover yeah. the spectrum here. Run the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I always go like it was, you know, you want to make a sci fi movie. Somebody had a great idea. Like we built this cool rocket, like all these effects mm -hmm. we can do. It, it, I think it goes more emmerich in, in, a, in uh -huh, a weird uh -huh. way of like we can we can put on a show for an audience and really kind of. Yeah. show all this stuff and, and i guess in 1951 it was just far enough away from world war ii then they maybe felt like oh now people can kind of deal with you know life world-threatening uh right. situations yeah. again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but also like that's my breakdown obviously the what is this really about never is on is what they actually intended 
Emily like Browning the, is a horse. Emily, they never. Yeah, I don't think that when they wrote Pompeii, they were like, actually, this is a metaphor about Emily Browning being a horse. That's right. <laughs> but I do like I like, but there's always an ex. There's like Jordan and I will often split the day where I'll I'll have some internal and Jordan will have an external or something. And I think that, yeah, you're at, on, on the broad scope. It can be one thing. But on the smaller level, you're right. This is a movie very much about how people's priorities change. You see that with the main you know, with the with the rogue pilot that he goes from being extremely yeah. money driven to willing to sacrifice himself in order to like because for the better of humanity it is you're you're, i think you're absolutely right that this is i think this is a movie i I do think that this there's a long there's a strong argument for this being a movie about the better angels in us too like yeah exactly yeah yeah. i know what i like life and death situations focus you on what's important and all the frivolous stuff it's about the transit workers Staying it, doing their jobs while everybody yep. <laughs> else is fleeing to safety. There yeah. you go. That one guy who says, no, let them go. <laughs> That's the most selfless guy in the whole movie. You know, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Jor, what yeah. do you think? I don't know. I feel like I, 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 I feel like, you know, you guys have made points that I feel very in line with. And I feel like, too, that there's something... It's interesting. I kept waiting for I kept waiting for the gender dynamics of this movie to be more troublesome than they ever ended up being. Obviously, like we have our we have our like collection of male leads and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it kind of like it was for 1951, it felt wonderfully egalitarian in its way. Mm. Like we have the, you know, the woman scientist talking to all the women. She's like, You're, you know, and everybody's being told like you're here because you're the best. Yeah. And yeah. I liked i i liked relinquishing to a sort of spirit of meritocracy and as long as like you're the best at what you do then like Mm. you can be you too can be a part of the the great solution or you too can be a part of the future so i like Mm. i I like that the movie seemed to be interested in this notion um again in its 1950s way that there weren't we we didn't like there were obviously like she's the she's handing out like rations in the in the lunch line and that's not like a guy isn't doing that for her but Mm. it did feel like it was like i don't feel like the women are here to exist in a service capacity and i like that at least in its limited imagination of um gender equality that this movie says that like men and women get the same number of lots and what she wants what this one woman wants is going to trump pretty much everything that Mm. would be fair in how we are delineating survival in this operation so i kind of i kind of like that this movie seemed to have a very like rosy point of view on on the way in which people get to be invited to the future even though all of them are white yeah, I was going to say that's the <laughs> yeah. only ugly part yeah. of this movie. Yeah. There's not one person of color on that on that spaceship. Not I'm just a like, one. Oh man, I I, I, re- I rewound it and going, oh please let somebody be. Yeah, like, no. 1950. 1951. Exactly. Don't exist. 19. 19- no. That that. Come on, Paul. <laughs> Come on. You expected I, I them thought to, to integrate at the They end had of all the these world? other things. I thought they were I being know. so forward thinking. And you're like, no. oh no. No, and it's and I think that things that we certain bridges we can't cross, even if the world is ending in 1951 <laughs> America. And one of those oh, bridges man. is segregation. <laughs> yes. Well, and exactly. it, it is it's it's been and that's in that like along with the, like the like the 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 only having the bounds of your imagination to to realize space travel, like it is it's fascinating mm-hmm. looking at time capsules that are by all, you know, by any account, like kind of a benign thing to see like wow this was the height of progress 
yeah. for a moment in time. And yeah. then I, I, it's nice to see what the heights of progress were in previous iterations to understand um, how much they weren't uh, highs mm. of progress and, 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 and how much higher we have ascended now. But of course, how much higher further we have to go in that regard. But like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this was the best we could do yeah. in mm. 1951. Right. Wow, I'm sure glad it's not 1951 anymore. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, thank goodness. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, <laughs> thank God that great yes. moment when <laughs> when they first are setting up the the facilities and we see and the women are loaded into their bunks and then we kind of pan to the records room and we see all these women scanning to create oh, microfiche right. out of you know the all great the works of yeah. humanity oh yeah, yeah yeah and you scan through and it's like holy bible which let me tell you the holy bible means it's new testament which means <laughs> that you're not getting an accurate that's yeah. not like the torah is different than a king james bible yeah. like those are two different translations those are two very different texts yeah and you get like shakespeare and you get you're like man there's not going to be a quran in any of that like there's <laughs> oh no, no they're, they're, this had a great weeding feel about it yeah, yeah. There's, there's you're like, like oh very gosh specific kind like you can see what they are going to be saving and what they're going to be saving is the great canon of western literature and that's the but oh boy they're going to be surprised in the new cartoon world with what's inside that fucking temple on the other side of the <laughs> the moment Surprise, of reckoning has come <laughs> that copy of the farmer's handbook is not going to save you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have fun with that almanac you got there <laughs> <laughs> and those puppies the puppies <laughs> might be what save us so i feel like if I you bring say, actually, newborn yeah. puppies to any alien species yeah. they're gonna still be like hmm, one host who could Unless get upset it, yeah, about it? Yeah, like Alf ate kittens, but Alf didn't eat puppies. You're let's, right. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> this I I simply have to say because how often is Alf brought up? But we watched <laughs> we we watched an episode of Alf recently at Sam Sam Weinman's Christmas in July annual movie night, and he played like TV specials. We we watched a a special of Bewitched about oh. uh, racism. Oh, okay. nice. it was written by a classroom of, I think, sophomores in high school at the time. <laughs> was uh, it that probing? And <laughs> it is an incredibly scathing indictment of uh, white racists. It's pretty amazing. Oh, nice. oh my god! Um, but then we watched an episode of Alf, where Alf ends up in basically the hospice wing of a hospital with a dying child, and really? it okay. is one of the most. Um, it's based like on a true girl, like a real person, like the creator of Alf, like heard about this person and wanted to write an episode of television about her. I was uh, intermittently choke sobbing my way through this like harrowing moral of the story episode of television brought to you by fucking Alf. Yeah. And oh. man, well, did I have I talked about this on other are my other appearances that my very first spec script I ever wrote was an elf. No. Really? Really? Yes. I wrote a, <laughs> Not only was it a, a episode of elf, it was a very special episode of elf that could go hand in hand with the one you just talked about. I mean, it was a very special episode. Yeah. I call, so yeah. No, this was about Alf because he can't find a job because he can't go out of the house. He decides to, to be a volunteer on a suicide prevention hotline. <laughs> <laughs> And one w young woman who he kind of gets a relationship with over the phone, suddenly she's going to. So he gets uh, Willie to put him into a giant backpack, <laughs> goes 
to the scene and talks her, her down off the ledge using Willie as his uh, Cyrano um, moment. So I mean, uh, oh this my episode God, that's is great. not like like <laughs> Al de- Alf develops a relationship with this dying child and like yeah. ends up playing a very pivotal role in not only her life but the birth of a child in that hospital the same oh day. God. So like you were on target for yeah. what Alf does. I can say that. I know. Oh, what could have been? What could <laughs> have been? Spectacular. Wow. I still have that. It, I still have that somewhere. And it, it, Chris Hardwick <laughs> has been threatening for years that he wanted to do a, a live reading of it. So I mean, it's one of these days. That wow. is truly spectacular. Because yeah, the, I'm thrilled to know. There's two ways you can go with a spec script. And I always like the the just throw it all at the wall, leave nothing behind spec script to me is just always so much more fun. What a oh, way. totally. Yes. As a maximalist, I completely agree. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I don't I don't even know if the industry works that way anymore of spec scripts, because, I mean, it used to be you could only get a job if you had a spec script yeah. for, for a popular show at that time. Uh-huh. But when we were when we were staffing up Freaks and Geeks, I said, I don't want any spec scripts. I said, I want original plays, original yeah. screenplay, anything that you came up with. It wasn't based on something else. And now I don't get the feeling that a lot of people there's not that spec script mania that there was 20 years ago. No, I mean, like we when I was. In college, we still had to do it like, so that when I was in 06, 07, we still had to do it. But it was right at the time where it was starting, like the available pool started to shrink and suddenly yeah. it became there just aren't that many options. And as far as I know now, like you really don't. And the spec scripts that people do write are the things like Alpha Suicide Hotline, where you just do something <laughs> totally out of time, totally yeah. like you you pay, you don't try to write the, the latest CSI. You're like, I'm yeah. going to do an episode of Matlock. And yeah, totally. you know. It basically becomes its own like original because of that, but yeah, because that's all we ever got were um, uh, Larry Sanders shows, uh, right? Um, specs like every everything was that. <laughs> that. Was like, I, I got to read something other than a Larry Sanders show. <laughs> um, uh, the industry, well, does, the industry is harsh. Exactly. Does this take us to dream casting then? Because Amanda, it sounds like you had some ideas, yeah. and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to go? I'm just putting Shelly Winters in this. Uh, yeah, I'm put like <laughs> we can. I will. I will like girl scientist. Will it will become the himbo? He'll become himbo sun scientist, and mm-hmm. it's Shelly Winters, and he's a younger man, mm-hmm. and she is just like bravado all over the place. I want yeah. I, this movie is going to start with Shelly Winters flirting with younger men. Making out with a guy in the cockpit of a plane. She's a pilot. She's in it for the money. She's lighting money on fire to light her cigarette. She's taking people to the new world. Shelly Winters. <laughs> boom. There you go. Love nice. it. <laughs> I, I, I also incorporate Shelly, but not as not as, as central a role, unfortunately. <laughs> well, no. because, yeah. <laughs> Wow. I, I would I would have I, I wanted to reseat this into the 1970s and make this the yeah. Irwin Allen movie it deserved to be. So, yeah, yeah. yes, David Randall, the sexy pilot, is, of course, Harrison Ford in his yeah. in my head in one of his like his pre Star Wars role. So he mm-hmm. instead of taking Han Solo in this alternate timeline, we yeah. got him as as David Randall. Barbara A very Rush- late in Easter and surface situation, really. Yeah, like just right before they they right get before. he breaks yeah. through. Yeah, you get yeah. Paul in surface. Layton is it, it's it was in two thousand five, so it was the last role she booked before Gossip Girl, and oh, so okay. you've just got proto Blair Waldorf in a yeah. bikini for and nine it is it, it's totally proto Blair Waldorf. <laughs> yeah, totally proto Blair Waldorf. <laughs> nice. uh, but blonde, it's just how you know that she's not actually Blair Waldorf. That's the difference. <laughs> she, she was blonde in this, and she made the smart choice to dye her hair. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we got Barbara. So for Dr. Lady, Sar- uh, Lady Scientist, I'm putting in Anne Margaret. Oh, 1970s, oh nice. Coming like out of, that. Yeah, coming out of carnal knowledge. Like Viva, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. Uh, Excellent. Because like, yeah. if you're going to have somebody who, like, your dad is willing to completely change the fate of humanity <laughs> so that she can be happy, like, you got to, and you got to have her be someone spectacular. So Anne Margaret, Margaret is spectacular. Yeah. I also did nice. just like the night prior watched Grumpy Old Men as research. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, right, Anne Margaret's fantastic. Like, this yeah. is a weird, because that character that she plays in that movie is weird as hell. And so Anne Margaret just sells it yeah yeah totally uh dr tony drake i did richard chamberlain because i needed like a dignified yeah. man to contrast with harrison ford <laughs> For dr hendron which is dr lady scientist um mom or dad need to have a classic old actor because we're doing okay, 1970s yeah. so for that yeah. i'm doing jimmy stewart oh, oh you know by 1970s he's not really working and yeah. we could have gotten him into a disaster movie Oh, he was in the swarm, wasn't he? Didn't he get killed? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I always mix him up with Fred McMurray. Sorry. It's, it's a fair. No, it's. Oh, they, oh man. They the have swarm. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. The wrath of the Internet will come down. <laughs> of the really old Internet. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you, Sonny? <laughs> the home is a buzz right now. Just furious as they listen yeah. to this. But yeah, I was like, I really want. I want, especially because like this cat, that character stands in opposition to the billionaire the whole time, and is like, I believe in the goodness of people, and you really need a Jimmy Stewart to be like, ah, the goodness mm. of people. Yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the evil billionaire, Gene Hackman. We love. Oh, him. Gene. Wow. Yeah, put Gene in that wheelchair. Fucking let Gene. him have the hidden the the sidearm at his, his weight there. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll root against that guy all day. Yeah, and then of course, nineteen seventies. <laughs> we can now have a black person in it. Yes. So we got to bring in a black athlete who becomes an actor. So Carl Weathers. I yeah, don't know okay. what his role is. I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but we got to just something. He's just in there. Yeah. He's in there. And then, of course, I'm making Shelly Winters, Dr. Lady Scientist's mom. And she's a brassy broad. So, so brassy. She's so mm. brassy when she sees Harrison Ford's character for the first time, because she's also obviously in the meeting that just is top <laughs> secret. You know, she gives him a once over like <laughs> If I were a little younger and, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. So we just get Shelly Winters and she's the one in this versus her dad. She is the one in this who's like, you like the other one, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) And Shelly Winters is the one who encourages her to have an emotional affair um, the whole time. So that's how I am personally recasting this in the 1970s. Unfortunately, in this case, most likely, I hate to say it. Shelly Winters would die in this movie. No! Oh. I would like to put her How on the you? I, I would like to You're put changing her on the, the plane. story. How <laughs> oh, would I you? But I also recognize that like I would have a hard time it Turns would, out it Amanda would be a disrespect Shelly Winters. No, too. I really want mm. her on that plane. Like mm. if I'm allowed to, I would put her on the plane, but I feel like there's a combination of one Amanda, you're right. You are allowed to put her on the plane. You are in I mean, charge. But there's two empty seats. There was two empty seats. Right, but they didn't know that there was going to be. Maybe she like she sees her husband pushing the billionaire, and she's like, "Hold on, I'm getting there." And then she just charges up the jumps onto the wing, holds on like Tom Cruise. (laughs) When the rubber meets the road, you guys, Amanda kills Shelley Winters. No, Amanda doesn't want to. I just recognize that she probably would. I would like to put her on the plane. I just feel like we would probably end up in a situation where she's where she's probably like, you don't, you know, I I weigh I weigh two good goats. (laughs) <laughs> and you don't need you know, Burn the puppy will stay by yeah. <laughs> so now, I, now, I do kind of suspect that Shelly Winters would die in this movie but I would I would fight the studio on it but I would lose but Amanda can I can I request somebody added to your dream Please. cast our good friend 
uh, George Kennedy. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Sure. Wow. <laughs> you got to be in there somewhere. He, he would just be sort of the cantankerous uh, engineer, like, oh, this bucket's never going to stay together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this well, this, tool is, this is 1970s. So we are at the point where we can have multiple plot lines. So we definitely can have a George Kennedy. And he's maybe he's the one who's like keeping an eye on the youngster. Because remember, yeah. we've like at one point we find out that the kid is just like playing in the airfield and that's how he yeah. finds the puppy. <laughs> right. So maybe right. George Kennedy can be in charge of like that his he he takes the youngster under his wing. And yeah, okay. I well, it. and as we yeah. know from a, a, a Gene Hackman is a great choice, another horrible millionaire would be Leslie Nielsen. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, because he was the horrible millionaire in uh Poseidon Adventure. That dickhead man and Day of the I Animals grew too. Up with comedy yeah. Leslie Nielsen yeah. only. So yeah. going into older movies and seeing villainous Leslie Nielsen, God, yeah. he is so good at it. And yeah. he, I hate him. I hate yeah. him. Oh, yeah. he's, he's horrible. But imagine me as an old guy only knowing that Leslie Nielsen <laughs> and then seeing Naked Gun or no, seeing Airplane and going like, oh, my God. He's oh, hilarious. my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that yeah, was, I grew up that would have been very driven yeah. for sure. Yeah, very mind blowing. Yeah. So, so that was kind of like that. That was that shift because I don't actually know the track of Leslie Nielsen's, but that was a shift. Interesting. Oh yeah, God. It, 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 Dracula it, you know, Dead and Loving It, the Naked Gun movie. No, I know that airplane. that was like that's how I know of him too. Is like the but I was but thought then, that he was like the Mel Brooks of non Jews. But and, then the craziest moment of not being aware of an audience's uh, you know take on somebody is when Barbara Streisand cast him in Nuts. <laughs> in the movie Nuts. Have you seen that movie? Yes, no. yes, yes. Oh, he plays this villainous guy. And it's I've never been in an audience where the theater's supposed to be tense and, and scared yeah. and people are just screaming with laughter. <laughs> because oh. it's he's supposed to be this bad date who's gonna assault her, and he's running and they somehow strip him down to this pair of black underwear, like bikini oh, no. underwear. And he's chasing her around the house. And at one point to defend herself, she grabs a big bowl of talcum powder and throws it in his face. So then he's got white face and black underwear. And we know him because he's hilarious from, you know, airplane and, and yeah. naked gun. And it was just like, oh, Barbara, you just didn't. Clearly, oh, you weren't no. watching these other movies. And you didn't listen to somebody say like, I think he's kind of a comedy guy now. I don't know if this is going to work. I, I um, if you, I 100% believe that Barbara Streisand has never watched Airplane. Like that yeah. is, if you said, to, if you're like, what movie has she never watched? I'd be like, no, not it. Yeah. No, that does not seem, I, I don't, I think she, it's Commedia dell'arte is what she yes. still refers to it as. And it's like, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. all she follows. Well, I, treat yourself to nuts tonight. Oh that's God, all I'm now say. I, I know we, I, we, we, we don't cover like satirization on this, but I would, I feel like I would love to do an Airplane episode at some point oh, just God. to honor the yes. perfection that's that is, one of yeah, the funniest right. movies of all time. It is right. one of the funniest goddamn movies it's ever. It's so perfect. Ever. Done. And Airplane 2 is even <laughs> hilarious. Like, yeah, they pull it off with both. I, yeah. few, few comedies have ever hold, held up, I think, to the laugh out loud funny degree. Yeah. yeah that totally. Airplane does. Mm -hmm. I remember, oh, oh, my God. I remember when that came out and it was all, you know, they couldn't get that movie made at all. All the studios turned it down. They're like, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. And then when they made it, they sent like notes to all the studios and going, like, oh yeah, you were right. Or whatever. <laughs> they had, they had some real revenge act. And I was like, oh, just want that in your career. 
100, so, like that is that that must be a very satisfying like i i respect anybody who can turn around and not just be like we did it but then be like no i'm gonna rub this in everyone's face who didn't totally believe in me yes that's the kind of vindication yeah exactly <laughs> so my dream casting is, is yeah. very weird yeah okay, uh, right. I, i'm gonna go back in time and i don't know why i want i want the cast of his girl Friday to take on this. <gasps> okay. So okay. Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell. Yes. Exactly. And then you wow. got, uh, um, um, oh shit. I just blanked on the guy's name. Uh, Ralph Bellamy. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Playing the, the other boyfriend who gets thrown over. The original yeah. Bellamy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we got to get William Powell in there um, to be the, he can be the, the scientist in charge of the mean, the mean old guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Mr. Potter, I just wanted to bring, uh, you know, um, uh, Fairbanks, you know, it, it was one of the Fairbanks played um, yeah. Mr. Potter. So I think uh, I'm going to go old school with all. I love that. I like what, gonna... what different movies each of us have, have yeah. done. <laughs> I know here. exactly. I think Walk that's who's yeah, the old that's the man best case scenario. out of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, where is he? Oh, there he is. <laughs> and to reassert your dominance. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm older than you kids. I, I, as I was like, making, yeah. the, as I was making my fancy casting, I was like, okay, I gotta. If I'm bringing 19, if I'm bringing actors from the 1970s in, I gotta make sure I bring my A game because it's Paul, and he's gonna, he, he's gonna have. Know all gonna, of their acting careers, and then you're know, just like, no, I'm gonna, gonna have weird further. facts about these people exactly <laughs> that I grew up watching. Oh man! So, how many towering infernos does when worlds collide get? I want to hear from you guys because I'm the one that forced this movie upon you. So, I'm giving it five. I had a great time. Like that is Amazing. that is a without hesitation. Like I start to finish, loved watching this movie. It was fun. <laughs> it was really well done there was never a moment where i was like this feels out of time or this feels it felt nothing about the movie didn't feel current or it, i just i mean the the most dated thing about it was the fact that when actors have dramatic moments they turn their backs on each other and like grab <laughs> each other's shoulders yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but otherwise like this it was you I, watching it, i was like this is everything that I, you love about 2012 and everything that don't look up tried to be combined mm. into great movie so i i mean nice. yeah five i'm giving this five no question oh, it makes me so happy i'm i'm going i'm going 4.5 on it and i think mm. it is it is i mean you've you've clearly brought us a historical piece here in in it this set the stage mm. for for disaster yeah. tropes that would be built out upon afterwards the miniature work is gorgeous mm. I, I love in I love earlier disaster movies, the part where like when it becomes disaster time, there's just like the big super cut of disaster in the middle. Mm -hmm. I yeah. like well, we're going to put this all in one place. We're going to do all of our we're going to cut in maybe frames from other movies. <laughs> um, I Yeah. And it, it just it's a really I liked its I liked its attitude. I liked mm -hmm. its outlook on people. I liked the little rocket ship a lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this was outstanding. This was outstanding. Mm -hmm. How about you, Paul? Nice. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because, uh, you know, that that's really why I wanted to, for you to see this because it is sort of the original, you know, um, disaster movie. No, it's very um, important. Yeah, but but I love a lot of these old ones, and there's some I like better than this one. Like uh, uh, the day the Earth stood still mm -hmm. is a great mm -hmm. one, and, and and those kind of things. But so I think I can give it a four. Okay. Um, but but a very loving four because yes. it was so formative, and and 
you know, I'm also, it's so hard to judge something knowing what came all the stuff that comes after it right. by going, that's the original, you know, it's like Jimmy page from, from uh, Led Zeppelin. I remember reading some review when he was doing something and they go, yeah, he just stands there, the standard g- guitar pose. And play, and like, He's the guy that invented that. So you're giving the guy <laughs> yeah. shit for doing the thing that everybody copied. Um, so yeah, but, 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 so I, but I, I think a, a very loving four for this. Okay, I it's think very, I, that's a, that's, that's I think a, a totally fair rating for it. It is such a thing that I've become a more and more used to having some some younger friends. Yeah. Uh, is the the hearing the critiques of watching like an original text yeah. and being like, oh, but it felt so much like this. I'm like, what's well, because it did it first? Yeah, because <laughs> so, everybody ripped it off. <laughs> yeah, like well, because this is the reason you know what this is is yeah. Because of this thing. And I'm never going to be somebody who's going to be like, I can't believe you haven't seen every single George A. Romero movie. No, that's not going to be me. But just yeah. like it's yeah. the it's the mm, yes. OK, and now's where we hopefully have a conversation about antecedents that <laughs> yeah, exactly. will be enriching yeah. for all of us, for all of us. <laughs> that's so well, I, like, uh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, please, please go ahead. I was I'll, just going to say, like, one of the things that I like, I don't know why. I don't know if this is why my brain is where, but like my favorite thing is being able to see the moments. I'm like, oh, that's where the things came from. Yeah. Like I watched uh, when I, the first time I watched God what's the Errol Flynn movie where he's the pirate. Um, Oh, Captain Blood. Captain Blood, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And watching it and I kept being like, oh, that's where that scene from Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride comes from. Like, <laughs> you can you can just one to one be like, that was that, that's that moment on the ride. That's yeah. that moment on the ride. And it's as opposed to being like, oh, that's derivative of the ride. It's like, no, you just, you just get to see the things that inspired the other stuff. It's weird to yeah. hear the idea that people think that like, oh, well, that's derivative when you know that it's backdated. I no, remember totally seeing the original stuff. So I remember uh, talking to an intern when I was still at Wired and I said something about George Glass and <laughs> she laughed and said she loved that bridesmaids joke. <laughs> oh, no. oh, and, <laughs> and I was and I was like, oh, wait, what now? And she was like, bridesmaids, from bridesmaids. And I was like, yes. Also, though, Pretty Bunch. Exactly. And, That's and where we stole like, it from. <laughs> and just like her face, the way her face was just like, <laughs> like the way she like kind of scoffed at me, I was like, no, but like you can make that face, but like it's just literally true that like the the point <laughs> of that joke is that it's from the Brady Bunch. I was like, Chelsea, I'm not asking you to go watch a bunch of fucking TV from the mid century. Go watch the movie. Go watch right. the movie from the nine late nineties. Like, I, like we can even expedite this. They we will give you the flashcards of it in a very Brady movie. Yeah. Like, which honestly, the very Brady movies hold up. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, they so you yeah. congratulations, Paul, on bringing George Glass to a generation. Oh my my I don't. <laughs> Now they look at me and go like, oh, yeah, he stole it from that boo. <laughs> no, I, I was just that lamenting that I, I actually got to I, I hung out with Roland Emmerich once a number of years ago. I went to the premiere of Anonymous. Remember that movie? He made? Oh, my Did God. Yes. Wow. Yeah, because <laughs> a friend of mine wrote it. And um, but I now I wish I had had the, you know, the smarts to go. How influenced you were you by when worlds collide? Because I there's no way that wasn't, you know, something oh, no. he loved. I he have to believe that there's a context in which you will get to ask him that question. Yes. This yeah. has to happen. Never know. You got, yeah, I gotta get back together with <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to talk about Moonfall. I, I'm, I'm so sad that you guys did Moonfall. Uh, I, uh just because I want to talk about it. <laughs> Paul, I think we would do Moonfall again if oh, we wanted to talk you. about Moonfall. We would do Moonfall again because you. your insights were not there the first time. I, I love that movie. I, it's gonna I, be it's gonna be another it. minute, but when is when is School for Good and Evil coming out? Because that's not too long uh, now. No, October 19th. October 19th. 
All right. That's I'm glad we're in. coming up close to your press time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I got the oh, I got to talk about a Dreamcast. I've got a Dreamcast. You had a Dreamcast. <laughs> Truly in that Please, Oh Carrie, my God. Oh my God. Lawrence Fishburne, Michelle Yeoh, Ugh. who could not be hotter now. My my pal Michelle Yeoh. Oh my Yeoh. God. Have you you've seen that movie, right? The I every yeah. It, Michelle is, is unbelievable. <laughs> It, it like I, I, I maintain I, I, I felt when I walked out of the theater and I maintain now that there might be a movie that a person likes better in 2022. Right. Right. That's fine. There won't be a movie that is a there won't be a bigger, better, best picture in 2022 than everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Like there won't yeah. actually be a movie that is more movie and mm-hmm. more of a miraculous uh, outcome of all of the things that a movie tries to do and actually succeeds at than right. everything everywhere all at once. And if this is not the case for Michelle Yeoh, best actress, yeah. I don't fucking know what people are looking for from anything. So yeah. like. I tell her that all the time. So like, get ready, <laughs> polish off that shelf for your for your yeah. Oscar. When I oh. saw that town and country sprite, which was stunning. Oh my god! Her, oh my god! Can you believe that? It was that? like this. Like we, this better mean we are kicking the tires and we are lighting the fires, and it is exposure season. And now we are not going to stop talking about Michelle Yeoh till she has that goddamn trophy in her hand. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. Well, I think we're hitting, we're hitting into that like appreciation era for her, which is really exciting because we don't yeah. always get those for like for actresses. Normally we get like the McConaissance and things, but no, we're mm. getting the Michelle Yeoh era. Who has and been I'm... fucking awesome her whole life. Exactly. Oh Every... And oh, we God. finally get her this whole life in any yeah. genre, in any yeah. discipline. Like mm-hmm. it's gotta be now. It's yeah. gotta be now. <laughs> yeah. And not to be sound like a douchebag, but I'm one of the nicest people you've ever met in your life. I mean, just... you know, she's one of my closest friends and she's just yeah, amazing. She's so Wonder. she's everything you she's want so her nice. to be times 10 oh she's oh, I, I, like, I, I, I almost get emotional when i talk about, about her it feels though, impossible. Like, exactly what you want to hear about michelle yeah. yo it feels it's impossible scary. that it could be true but i believe you and yeah. so yeah. that is really really nice to hear so this this is part of this podcast is part of michelle yo's fyc campaign yes so, yeah, here we go we're, we're kicking it off we're kicking we are, it off right yes. here we are loud and proud about it. Um, yes. There's a yeah. lot of members of the Academy listening to this podcast. I know for a fact. Should We've got be at more least all a the third. Time. Yeah, Should be totally. at least a third. <laughs> at least a third of the Academy listens, you know. Well, they better. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Kick their butts over here. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, thank but, you for bringing this treasure to us. Oh, my play. Who who else would I bring it to than my two favorite? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, I, I see you get me through. You get me through all my time here in London because you know I, uh, <laughs> my four mile fun. walk in the morning. Yeah, and I always put it on. I mean, when I was making school for good and evil in Belfast, that was my thing. When I take my walk in the morning, I'd listen to you guys. Uh, you know, all your go back in the shows and watch. <laughs> so Disaster fun. Girls, the official inspiration. If yep. you will, for both. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. You yeah. Know, and own it. You truly, own it. Anytime that a movie pops into your head and you're like, do you guys have a minute? The answer is yes. So just yeah. like, let okay. us, just please, okay. anytime. Yeah. I'll no, try not was... to inundate you with old movies, but uh, but there are there no, are it's, gr- it's great. It's great. It's great. It's a great. We need to continue, especially yeah. since we're covering a very modern television show right now. It's yes. great to mix it up with uh, yeah. earlier era things. So you're right on time. 
Yeah. Excellent. I'm bringing you that nursing, nursing home crowd. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> if only they figured out how to use the internet, then they'll be all set. I'm just going to go to the, to all the nursing homes in the area and just be like, I'm just going to put this on your TV <laughs> instead of Fox News. If you guys don't mind, just That's listen. Right. Just enjoy. We'll just sit around it like they did when they were, you know, yeah. children they listen to, to the radio. radio plays. Yeah. I love this that. Is... There's nothing more fun than watching when they would try to make that look dramatic in a movie and everybody's sitting around like, <laughs> Oh, sitting around like looking at each other, yeah. like, oh, what's happening? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, just <laughs> a lot of active agreement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Tommy's always sitting in front with his legs crossed, and then you know, which is Tommy. honestly how I hope people listen to any podcast I'm in. So uh, you know, okay. like, <laughs> it's the golden age of radio is back. Yeah, <laughs> in in a weird way, it is. And it so, is, yeah. but now invite it belongs your, to the people. So yeah, power invite people. your entire family to sit around the bluetooth speaker everybody <laughs> yeah. and listen to the yarns we spin here on disaster girls and over at the yeah. feeling scene pod i've yeah. definitely i've definitely tweeted multiple times like it's a holiday weekend put this <laughs> on for your family and i am a hundred percent serious yeah. guys like yeah, yeah that's we swear piece of yeah outreach. we probably we probably say some things that your weird uncle is not going to be a fan <laughs> of but like it's <laughs> a good time for the whole family you <laughs> should put out a disaster girls bluetooth radio that is looks like the old <laughs> timey you know yes. uh, wooden uh, box and yeah, uh, like the weird church yeah yes we yeah. Sound can sit best. around there and listen yeah, we sound ahead. best coming out of an old timey radio this is yeah. absolutely <laughs> gotta be true especially when you do your mid-atlantic accent voice jordan <laughs> yeah. yeah come on like, let me hear your walter winchell <laughs> that's right everybody here we are the 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 girls. everything's sitting in the middle register never goes any high never goes any lower they're always talking so fast <laughs> you did it oh my gosh and everything yeah, it's she like, like Catherine Hepburn is here with us. Yeah. I love it. I <laughs> love like an SNL sketch where it was like Catherine Hepburn's workout routine. She's like, oh, I yeah. drink good cold water and do 100 <laughs> squat thrusts a day. Like, I really do feel like that was what Catherine Hepburn did. Though. That 100% <laughs> yeah. is. Like, drink good boy. cold water. I hate planes and I despise trains. <laughs> <laughs> Just walks everywhere. <laughs> oh my. It's fantastic. <laughs> if we're at the Catherine well, we Hepburn did it again. portion of we, the episode, I feel yeah, like this really. is probably where we let That's Paul where we, we let it go. <laughs> <laughs> like we can keep you captive, Paul. Don't get me wrong. I would love I'm to just keep you here to forever. But I'm also... <laughs> uh, can, can I plug one more thing? Yes, please. I, I, I wrote a cocktail book that comes out uh, November 15th. Oh, congratulations. So, thank With you. Your, yeah, yeah. Incorporating your gin or like what uh, gin's we... in there, but it's 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 an actual book coming from uh, uh, William Morrow and uh, and HarperCollins. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's 125 uh, recipes, both old timey ones and original ones that I came up with and uh, all kinds of advice on how to stock your bar, how to throw a cocktail party and a grown up cocktail party and lots of <laughs> oh really embarrassing stories about me coupled with each drink. So there you go. Oh, you know what? Fantastic. I have a friend. I have a couple Wait. friends very into cocktails. This would make a fine gift for it. It yeah. was just in time for Christmas. It's called Cocktail Time, the ultimate guide to grown up fun. So, <laughs> That's right. awesome. Did you foresee, <laughs> was it always a part of the long game, Paul, to, mm. to bring this, like to have this aspect of your life and career? We were like, and then one day, <laughs> like, like mixology and the perfect, like the perfect cocktail will be a part of my enterprise. Or does that seem you discovered along the way? 
it kind of i mean i always wanted to have my own gin which i have you know but but i never knew i was gonna kind of become kind of a co- the cocktail guy I, I enjoy cocktails but i didn't <laughs> think you know you never want to turn something you love into something that you kind of depend on because it's, it's true you know, yeah not fun but this has been really fun because it's not my main source of income <laughs> yeah. I'd be very very poor if it was um <laughs> but no i love it i mean it's really you know to me it represents you know the fun of being a grown-up and That's you know nice. and, and, yeah. as long yeah as long as you do it responsibly I think it's, you know, it's the, uh, the, the oil, the social lubricant, if you will, for, for <laughs> a fun time. That sounded disgusting. But I <laughs> no, it's, it, that's, that, that is exactly, that is what it is. Um, yes. and you know, you can, you need to lubricate a car as well as other things. So it can't there you go. super uh, gross. You know, you gotta yeah. get all the pistons. I don't know how cars work. Right. Well, I know it's... I get to a party. I, I'm too nervous to talk, but if yeah. I have one martini, then suddenly I'm a, a chatterbox. <laughs> and, and holding a martini glass gives you something to do with your hands, which is so Amen critical in any yep. social situation is where the hell do I put my hands here, here. Meanwhile, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, uh, my, my soda will go flat with all the time that I'm going to spend just talking, talking, talking. (laughs) I refuse to believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, Jordan enters a party mid conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my, me and my, me and Sam, uh, decided that like the inverse of like, we say like, ah, you know, they're so-and-so's out to lunch, like a little bit, just like, eh, they're not really talking. They're out to lunch. The opposite of that is out to dinner. Dinner. Oh yeah. my, she's mm-hmm. out to dinner. Like she <laughs> oh, is, she yeah. is on it. She is engaged. She is booked. She is busy. She has plans. She is interesting. Oh, she is out to dinner. I think um, we've just found the title of your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> God, there's yeah, that is actually as Jordan, as somebody who loves a let's get to dinner. Let's go grab a dinner together. That's yeah. her, like if if you want to yep. honor if you want to Jordan, you don't get her presents. You're like we're gonna have a we're gonna do we're a gonna dinner. have a we're gonna have a long dinner. She you loves and, a long dinner. My and friend, you perfect. and I, we are cut from the same cloth. That's my favorite I, thing in the world. My last the, the the last tangent I will go on is uh there uh for my birthday last summer I went to Republic with a number of with a number of friends and. It was like it was a whole deal. We got like a there were the reservation was such that like the there's like eight of us, so it was like our own little private room. Is it Republic, my favorite restaurant here in the city? Mm-hmm. And okay. it was like four hours of dedicated service. We had like servers just for us. It was an amazing. I was oh. just like. I was going nuts. I was having the time of my life. And then like at the end of the four hours, we were going to Sam's house to watch, to do birthday movie night where we watched The Crush, A Perfect Evening. Oh, perfect. And I was saying how like somebody at the table was like, I think it's like the longest dinner I've ever been to. And I was like, excuse me? Like, I was like, listen, I know it wasn't short, but that's the longest. And so my friend, Jason, beloved Jason, back in uh, San Francisco, who we, dinners were our lifestyle. And I texted him about how like this long dinner, all the details of it, and like how somebody said this was like the longest dinner they've been to. And he goes, four hours. Four hours is a weeknight. And then the next (laughs) text is, four hours? Maybe I could pull something together. And I was like, exactly. (laughs) See, exactly. (laughs) It was very European to be this way, I have to say. So The thing that me and Jason would do is we would start cooking at about 6 p.m. And then we would do a course an hour till about midnight. Yeah. See, that sounds like heaven to me. Gorgeous. I Mm -hmm. I aspire to have like midnight dinners that literally start at midnight and go till the sun comes up. Because you know who's not texting between midnight and 6 (laughs) p.m.? Everybody. You're going to be fucking there and you're going to be spending time and hanging out. And like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, I can't think of anything more luxurious and wonderful than like a six hour dinner with people. Oh. 
Oh, oh okay. Let, let's get let's get let's get in the works. Yeah. <laughs> I am ready to buy the flight to London to Next. to have this luxurious dinner. Next yes. podcast we can record <laughs> yeah. slowly. It can be a live. We can do the live <laughs> podcast of a six-hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> silverware <laughs> on plates, <laughs> pouring of wine. It feels like it. very much like oh, uh, what's his name from Clueless, but he's done many other things. But my dinner with it feels very my dinner with Andre. Of oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is that Dan Wallace Sean? Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean. Yes. Yeah, no, not Dan today. I know it's Wallace Sean. <laughs> I was like, I know. I, I he should be known for many other things other than being clueless, but that is always going to be where like that was what I first saw him in. And listen, everybody can have their own Wallace Shawn. The man's has an expansive career. Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized my dinner with Andre wasn't like a thing he filmed while making Princess Bride with Andre the Giant. So if if Wallace Shawn and Paul Giamatti would do a movie together, I think it would be my favorite movie of all time. Oh my wow. god! Now that I feel like that would be one of those like be like a Jim Jarmusch movie of just like two people talking yeah. forever yeah like yeah, it's exactly. coffee and cigarettes but it's just wallace sean and paul giamatti <laughs> that deciding God. the fate of us all out out quirking each other exactly. no that's <laughs> that that's the waiting for godot like oh there that's, you go that's the the remake we need there like the is. two of them or 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 um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I want God. I want that casting. <laughs> nice. two of them that would actually like, be incredible. I'm on it. I'm Don't calling my you. agent right now. Please. <laughs> that is the two well, of much them. Like, we... <laughs> oh, no, say, no. Much like that four-hour dinner. I think <laughs> this. <laughs> you're gonna have to cut this episode down. Yeah, we <laughs> we we we. It's been a, a gorgeous, yeah. super-sized episode. And Paul, oh, thank you so thank much you so for much. coming on oh and joining God. us yeah. again. You are Please, you are favorite. our favorite disaster diva, as you truly. Oh, yay! Thank you. You're very. Oh, you're the best. I I love you guys so much, and uh, <laughs> thank you for letting me do this. And uh, and we'll, we'll do it again. Time. Thank yes, you. Yes, we will do it again. Hey, Disaster Divas, it's Amanda here uh, from the future where I'm editing the episode. When we recorded this episode the other week, we didn't realize that it would actually be coming out only four days after Paul's 60th birthday. It's a little belated, but again, we just want to wish Paul a very happy birthday from myself, from Jordan, and from all the other Disaster Divas out there. Also, the trailer for The School for Good and Evil just dropped, and it looks really cool, so if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out yet, please do. And now back to the episode and the laugh of joy that Jordan and I let out every time that Paul gets off of the Zoom with us, because we still can't believe that Paul Feig listens to our podcast, let alone comes and hangs out with us. <laughs> oh, he's such a good Every time! time. I, every time. Like, two hours with Paul. Just, Just cash. Love you guys. <sighs> he's the best. <laughs> Again. If he had bodies in a basement, I'd be like, he probably has a good reason. It's like fine. you said, it's his business. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't his need business. to know. Yeah, like who am I to go digging around in his basement? That would frankly be rude of me. There's, uh, there are few people as passionate about a disaster movie as Paul Feig. You know, it's always going to be a, a good, rigorous conversation. His love of the the classics the yeah. earlier era stuff it's nice the institutional to institutional knowledge is just amazing always. yeah and it's great to have somebody who who brings those titles to us who is just like so much joy for them mm -hmm. um as like a sort of set of films so it's nice to be it's a nice inroad to movies that we do have a larger bit of distance from to have that personal connection to yeah. get into and this was uh when when worlds glide was legitimately a wonderful time it would truly like if you guys haven't if you have a chance to see it, it rent it's you you can rent it on the streaming services and it's it's really good. Yeah, it's really it good. Moves. And it, it looks excellent. It it looks better than a lot of movies that get released today. 
Even if yeah. you watch it, you're like, that's a miniature. It still looks like a better miniature than most CGI you're going to see. So like, yeah. If your biggest complaint about Moonfall was that everything looked too rubbery. <laughs> yeah. This which, is, like, you, this is one, the antidote to Moonfall if yeah. you need one. And which, you know, honestly, like my feeling with Moonfall is just strap yourself to it. Like, does not matter. Let it happen. You don't Absolutely. know what. A, excuse me. It looks too rubbery. You don't know what a gravity wave would look like. Don't tell you, me that's not you realistic. don't know. You don't know what those fucking aliens would look like. Like, yeah. stop. But. If you want something that feels extreme, like extremely tangible. tangible and yeah. physical, then God, this was great. Yeah. Just a good time. And again, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad he also saw the Harrison Fordness of the that, was a very, that was that was a very enjoyable moment to watch. Oh, I was because I was like when I first it, like within seconds of him talking and I was like, man, I'm getting Harrison. He must have watched this as a kid <laughs> and then based his entire personality around it. <laughs> and I thought I was like, this must be just one of Amanda's stupid brain connections. And so it was very satisfying to be like, no, this isn't just me being weird. No, that was great. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, Jordan, next week mm-hmm. we, you know, bring it back to the modern again. Yep. And we're going back to surface episodes seven and eight going back to surface. Let's see if miles gets eaten trucking along. I hate to tell you this, Jordan. I'm just going to spoil it for you right now. Unfortunately, he never does. Fucking bummer, man. I know. I know. Worst disaster child in all of cinema. He's a real bad one. He's just the worst. Yeah. But we get more Dr. Lake Bell. Yeah. Dr. Lake Bell. Nonstop Dr. Lake Bell. And uh, we'll be doing that next week. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. You can find, uh, you know what? There is a Seed and Spark campaign for Give Me an A, the uh, anthology film that I am a producer on that is like around 15 uh, genre shorts, all of them about bodily autonomy and abortion and it is a bunch of uh, really interesting filmmakers uh, making something really reactive and really sensitive, like really just, you know, dialed up about the fucking nightmare period of time that we have entered in an officially post Roe versus Wade world. Uh, we have a seen Spark campaign and this whole thing has been done with the generosity of a lot of people and also the financial outlay of a couple key people indiv- uh, individually who like we're trying to we're trying to come into the black on this one not even excessively so just break break even just to make sure everybody is is you know gets what back what they put in that would be really wonderful um so look up give me an a for seed and spark uh and kick us some bucks and we have some cool things that you can actually like put money down like we have these unbelievable like they're actually very fabulous uh large like probably five foot tall angel wings that were made by uh, Mother Plucker, a feather house here in Los Angeles. So this okay. is the good shit. This is not Party City. If you need, uh, for Halloween coming up, some big, scary archangel wings, you can you can put money down and have that as part of your incentive for contributing. So there's stuff like that. Halloween and- costume idea, guys. You could theoretically be the painted wall that Instagram influencers take photos of. You absolutely you don't even can. have to be wearing them as part of an angel costume. Your costume can just be being the angel yes. wings that are all around Los. You Angeles. can be an influencer wall. You yeah. can be an influencer wall, and uh, actually, and like that's I said, a great costume idea. They're wow. not. These are not. Paint uh, yourself like gray, and yeah. then you just, just have wear, your wings. Wear and then suit. 
And then everyone else at the party just takes pictures in front of you the whole time. Come on. That's actually pretty outstanding. That's a great costume. That's idea. actually pretty you outstanding. You can only get that costume idea specifically. You're only allowed to use it if you donate to Jordan's campaign. It's true. And it, it like you just put the you just basically buy those wings and then you that gives us some money. Uh, and like I said, these are like real like hand assembled at a like Los Angeles like costume provider. Uh, they're very cool and very high quality. So there's that. So that's going to be my main thing I talk about because uh, Give Me an A is awesome and it deserves your support. So look us up, see Spark, and find me on Twitter and I'll be talking about it. I'll link to it and stuff. So yes. And then I'm Amanda Smith Says on Twitter. Um, and that's really, uh, if you happen to be or know a literary manager, send me a DM because I really need <laughs> one. And again, if you happen to know the Pate brothers, still looking at the series Bible for surface. So those are my two, my two requests, but Jordan's probably is a little more altruistic and a little bit better. So we should probably prioritize (laughs) those, but as like a footnote, um, let's just just throw those out there that I need a manager. And also I'm still in my heart stalking these two showrunners to get the answers of surface. Yes. Um, Well, there are many questions. So yeah. There's so many words. Jordan, you have no idea how many questions we're going to have by the end of this show. That's the thing. Like, you you, you know so much better than I do. And I already know there are so many questions. This is going to haunt you the way it has haunted me. Yeah, I believe it. Over a decade now. Uh, (laughs) I'm the only person in the world who's still like, 17 years later is like I need the answers to surface like, <laughs> people are rehashing the lost finale and I'm like I don't care about that I just want the surface which is answers. exactly why you deserve the series bible thank you um but yeah and then of course we're disaster underscore pod on twitter we're disaster girls pod at gmail.com uh we do have a letterbox I very rarely update it because that requires focus but you can take a look at all of our lists of things that we're gonna be talking about movies that we have uh if you want to you can't remember if we covered a movie you can always go to that And then please, guys, rate and review us. Give us those Spotify ratings. Give us those Apple ratings. Share us with friends and loved ones. Play it on the radio. Gather around at all your gatherings. Yes, as we have said, make it fireside chat hour with the Disaster Girls. Yeah, we're mostly family appropriate, except for all the cursing we do. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's modern era. They curse on everything. I'm pretty sure they (laughs) curse on Bluey at this point. Yeah, I think they're they're cursing on commercial television at this point, on fucking CBS or something. Yeah, so let's, like, who cares? It's time to teach your kids the important lessons of swearing and disaster movies. It's true. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you all back next week for Surface episodes uh, 7 and 8. Bye, everybody. That might be cool.com. You never know.